Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. You're very sorry at the time. Are you no longer sorry for it? Correct. I'm no longer sorry. The whole outrage was a BS. The whole thing got so blown out of proportion. And I lost everybody. I had Chelsea Clinton tweeting against me. Deborah Messing from Will and Grace tweeting against me. I mean, I lost everybody. These Trump fans, they're hardcore. Deborah what? Messing and Chelsea Clinton aren't Trump fans. Did you do you not accept that was a little bit over the line? No, you're full of crap. Stop this. You know this. Stop acting like my little picture is more important than talking about the actual atrocities that the president of the United States is committing. You are fake news. Very fake news. Hello and welcome to the show. Great show, terrific show, tremendous show. Frankly, the best you can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Rebecca Blonde. Welcome. Hello. We had uh, a great interview this week with the one, the only Sticks Hexenhammer 666, and I'm proud to say... I haven't listened back in full, but I'm pretty sure I pronounced every word in that interview correctly, which is um, redemption from last time. A nice bit of redemption. I think we really improved upon the first outing. I think so, too. So we talked with Sticks about uh, collectivism. We talked uh, YouTube and, and Google censorship. We talked North Korea. We talked a bunch of stuff. So we will play that interview to close the show. That'll be roughly one hour from now. Until then, lots to cover in the week of news. Uh, several Hurricane Harvey items, leftover Hurricane Harvey items, I want to get to and discuss. Uh, plus, you know, it's been a little while. I, I didn't realize, but it has been a while since we've had like a meme level social justice warrior emerge. Like it aids yeah. Skrillex, a Triglypuff. It's like they got the internet beat them down. And so they're reluctant to come out of their, their hiding. I don't even know what the last one was. It's I can't remember like chronologically. I mean, Triglypuff was over a year ago, right? Well, yeah, that was April 2016. Oh, and AIDS Skrillex was March 2016. It's been a long time. But this came to my attention through an Atheism is Unstoppable video and it being shared on Twitter. This guy in Vancouver at this anti-racism rally, he is a new contender, a fresh one <laughs> yeah. to emerge. And I think it's every bit as good as some of those older meme level ones. So we'll, we'll take a look at what happened at the uh, Vancouver, Canada anti-racism rally a few weeks ago. Plus, you heard it there in the intro, Kathy Griffin is back, and she's not sorry anymore about her infamous Trump severed head display that she had that basically tanked her career. That was back in May, I think. She could have stayed out of the spotlight. That was an option. Yeah, well, now she's got a world comedy tour to promote. So she goes oh. on an Australian news show to talk about it. So very sorry to our friends down under. I don't know 
why they get our insufferable celebrities like Kathy Griffin, <laughs> but they do. Actually, I guess all of our celebrities are pretty much insufferable at this point. That's kind of a rule. But we'll listen not back Clint to Eastwood, what- though. Yeah, not Clint Eastwood. He's the, he's the one hope we have, him in his <laughs> empty chair. Remember Clint Eastwood in the empty chair? That was a great bit. So we'll listen to Kathy explain her stance on Australian news. The viral news story of the week is this nurse in Salt Lake City who was violently arrested for refusing to to give a police detective a blood sample from an unconscious patient at the hospital. So we'll sort out exactly what happened there and then look at some possible explanations for it. It's a very bizarre incident. Uh, Watching it, it's hard to make sense of what's going on. So we'll look at the tape there. Plus, you know we love our hoax hate on this show. Uh, we, We went through... Beth Fukumoto's hoax hate, that Hawaiian representative last week. At least what we suspect is hoax hate. This week, we saw Nazi haircut guy, the the guy who claimed he was stabbed for his Nazi haircut. That was a fake. (laughs) That was a fake. So so what happened with Nazi haircut guy? We'll figure that out. Plus, um, there's a lesbian couple in St. Peter, Minnesota, who who has received another alleged hate letter. If you thought Beth Fukumoto's was good from last week, I think this one is even more ridiculous. Yeah, I think so. so. So we'll read that and then take a look at um, some of the local paper coverage from this hate letter out of St. Peter, Minnesota. Uh, and uh, and of course, we will take all your super chat comments and questions in between topics, $5 and up, because we are no good low down money grabbers. I hate, I hate, I really do hate that we've had to set this limit, but um, we do very Here much appreciate are. everyone who chooses to support the show. And uh, we, we try to keep our interaction maximized on Wednesday night as well. So thanks to everybody for putting up with us and, and helping us manage what we're able to do. It will be all this and more in your favorite hour listing material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat, helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That is beauty and the beta at gmail.com. There's more of the show on those audio platforms, extra interviews, call-in show on demand, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere you find your podcasts, you can find us, all linked in the description. A couple of pieces of housekeeping before we dive into it. Last chance to join my NFL survivor pool and also the last time Blonde has to hear about it. Because week one of the NFL starts on Thursday. So if you want to join my NFL Survivor Pool, send me an email. That's MatthewLChristensen at gmail.com, and I'll get you invited, and you can play. There will be a prize for the winner in the Survivor Pool. You'll get, I don't know, a podcast T-shirt or a podcast mug or something like that. So incentive to play. And then we received a very nice note from listener Christiana about, with an update about her baby. You want to read what she sent us? Sure. She said, hi, Blonde and Matt. I just wanted to thank you both again for surprising me by mentioning my son Orson's GoFundMe on Mother's Day and giving you an exciting update. He'll be coming home until his two follow-up surgeries on this Labor Day, Monday, September 4th, which will be his 136th day in the hospital. Um, Our mention of his GoFundMe went a long way. Your mention of of his GoFundMe went a long way in getting medical supplies for him when he finally gets home. Um, if you guys at the time on Sunday, it would mean a lot if you could just thank everyone who helped us during this chaotic time. I'll never forget the kind messages of encouragement and donations that they sent us. That's very sweet. I actually cried when I read that email. So, Excellent. so thank you so much for the people that, that donated to them. Yeah. And, and, and she also accompanied some pictures that we're not going to show, but the baby looks really healthy. So, and it's, uh, yeah, it's very humbling to know that, um, that it was able to help. And so we appreciate Christiana listening. And of course we appreciate the generosity of our audience. That's very cool. 
And uh, speaking of generosity for people in need, no, I'm not plugging Super Chat. I'm talking about <laughs> Hurricane Harvey. Uh, there is a link for Hurricane Harvey, uh, to the Red Cross page for Hurricane Harvey in the description. So if you've been thinking about helping people out down um, in the path of the storm who might need your help, the Red Cross uh, link is there to do that. I've made a donation myself, and I hope uh, everybody would consider doing that uh, and, and get uh, help to people who need it down there. And that's my transition to uh, Hurricane Harvey leftovers that I want to get to. Like what's all the crazy things that have happened in the media, some of the reaction to it, including the political cartoons, the, the weird Vogue writer who's mad about Melania wearing stilettos. You see the picture of that? Oh, that mainstream media meltdown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we do that, do you want to catch up on Super Chat? Sure. Okay. Because we got a bunch. Our audience is on fire tonight. We appreciate it. Uh, let's see. We've got $5 from Josh D. Marshall. Happy Labor Day, guys. Thank you very much. You um, as well. Thank you. Joseph Kulisics. Kulisics. Uh, nuke North Korea now. Jeez. <laughs> well, we will talk interview. about that. Yeah. <laughs> wait for the six interview. <laughs> Uh, Neo24 gave us $10. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Here's some shekels for the evening, you degenerate goys. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, Gabriel Lopez gave us, um, I think this is like $10, and said, Sticks is not a faggot. So you get the Gabriel ah, Lopez approval. Good job, Sticks. There you go. Boogeyman917 gave us 10 bucks. Happy Labor Day, and thanks for having Sticks on the show. Thank you very much for the donation. Yeah, um, we're glad he's DK, back. It was good to I know, talk to him. I know. When we messaged him, I was like, he's never going to come back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, DK, J Speck, a garbage human gave us $5. Blonde, you're glowing. Ooh. Um, Matt, you're fluorescent. In other news, Skull Vikes, <laughs> this year we retake the North. There I you go. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for that. Sanctuary of Monsters, $5 to help fight hate ninjas. Thank you very much. Hate ninjas. Oh, and yeah, the hate ninjas, because the hate ninjas struck me this week. Speaking of which, I still, I still, oh no, I just talked down i just damaged it but i gotta keep it safe for the cops you know the hate note <laughs> is still over here if anyone knows who put me in a noose it was I, roaming millennial and i oh yeah we, that's we right collabed against you yeah you're intimidating um, me off my own show so you can take yeah, it over i forgot exactly. yeah and sam l gave us five dollars hey from billings is the air quality in bozeman just as shitty as it is here eating mountain it, goat tonight yes bitches Eating mountain goat, really? Yeah. I've never, I've never had mountain goat. Presumably, this guy hunted his own mountain goat. That's pretty right. impressive. Right. If so, oh, um, we just have one more. Uh, it is, it is bad. Yes, the smoke here is really terrible. Oh, um, is it hurting your eyes? I, I, I think that might be it because my eyes got all red today, and I had to go to the store and buy some eye drops, and I suspect it's the smoke. Right now, I can't tell. It's so bad outside, I can't tell if it's overcast or smoky or both, and it smells kind of campfirey. And the fires aren't even close to here. So the fact that it's this yeah. bad here is is pretty bad. But yeah. Um, let's see. This last one too. Attack Alpaca gave us $20. Hello. First of all, I second the request uh, you got for Red Pill Black. If you can get her on, that would be epic. Also, Matt, thoughts on drafting Dalvin Cook in my Keeper League? Sorry for the football question, Blonde. Oh, About Red Pill Black, I actually have already um, – discuss with her having uh, having her on the podcast and she's going to be coming on after my vacation I get back on the 15th so I, I don't want to you know chill too much for something we haven't recorded but um, I have confirmed that she will come on the show so hopefully that'll be in a few weeks yeah and you want to take that football question I don't even know what uh, that well means. to Dalvin Cook I I think he'll take he'll go as far as the Vikings line will take him if you're playing in a PPR league point per reception blonde I'd value him a little bit higher I think he gets a lot of uh, Sam Bradford's check downs but Am I thinking he's sitting on like a 1,500-yard season? No, but I do think he'll get a lot of touches. And if you're in a league that 
that gives you a lot that gives you PPR, for example, I would I would I would uh, put a high value on them. That was like listening know. to legalese or something. Yeah. Uh, depends where I like I'd I'd probably draft Dalvin Cook and say third round at the highest if you're doing a if you're doing a regular draft, but whatever. Anyway, that's enough. That's enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good for now. Ah, you kind of dropped out, but now you're back. Weird connection stuff. CNN connection. But we're good. Uh oh. Uh, okay, so I, uh, Hurricane Harvey stuff, people are familiar with what exactly has happened. We don't need to break the news of the storm to anybody, but there's been a lot of just weird developments in terms of the reaction to it. Everyone has to politicize the hurricane and decide whose fault it is that a natural disaster happened, that sort of thing. There's a couple, before we get into the politicization of it, specifically in terms of the Vogue writer and the stilettos, and then also the political cartoons, there were just a couple of news pieces that were pretty interesting that I wanted to play. Um, the, I think only the, the third of them, the third of them here is probably the only controversial one, but this was great. This was, <laughs> this was local news talking about some uh, Harvey rescue team. It's a lot of stress. Even they if were, you- uh, they were really thirsty. So they were passing around <laughs> some water, but they were trying to, uh, you know, they're really saving the water that they had. So they're just taking little sips, little sips out of the cap. Here. You're feeling under control. The person next to you might be, might not. And that was really an example of what we're seeing here. Look at them sharing water just out of the cap of that bottle. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure that that was water. Well, <laughs> whatever they need to feel better, guys. Okay. Let's just let that one. Well, let them, let well, them have uh, a little. We'll continue to monitor this. And have what uh, they need. If they should. Uh, who we'll monitor Bill's video and uh, if they should. There's finish. the water. See, All right. Excellent. Water. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Okay, and and then from the local fake news department, did you see this bit about this car going under and a little girl rescued from the car? Yeah, yeah. This was it's, overnight. It what's itself. left of Harvey pouring on Tennessee, up to eight inches of rain, forcing evacuations and at least twenty-five water rescues. Emergency conditions. Yeah, you can see somebody moving in the yeah, cab. This local Memphis TV crew taking matters into their own hands when they spot a car going under. Oh, good grief! That's a little girl. Thank God he got her out. Thank you, Lord. Just so young and innocent. <laughs> if you're listening that to this. This was like 30. Yeah. If you're listening to this, it's a car that's sitting in what? What do you think? A foot and a half, two feet of water? Like Two feet about- of water, maybe. Not going anywhere. Nowhere to go under. And, the, and this person being carried away from the car, you think a little girl. You think, oh, I don't know, what, 10 years old? Lightweight? This is like a full-grown woman. <laughs> Kind of like reasonably large, to be honest. Yeah, being carried over, lady, lady, over the yeah. shoulder by some reporter. But yeah, she literally could have just opened the door and, and gotten out and walked away. Yeah, yeah. The car is not. I don't know what they mean by going under. Thank God they got her. Hmm. Yeah, it's just one of those things. If you listen to it and you pictured it in your head, it's not at all what <laughs> the video showed. And then this clip, you and I haven't talked about this yet. This was the well, we did, I guess, a little bit off, on the Wednesday off air show, with didn't sticks, we? or yeah, maybe on the Wednesday show. But this is the CNN clip where CNN is at one of these, uh, one of these, um, what's the term I'm looking for here? Like a place where they send the 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 people displaced. It was by like Harvey. a convention center or something of that nature. Yes. I think. Yeah, a shelter. That's the word I'm looking for. There it is. A shelter. Yeah, I know words. I have the best words. <laughs> a shelter. And this lady goes off on the CNN anchor, uh, and this was this got a lot of play. This people week. there, and I see you're standing with some uh, some folks there right now, including a little girl who I guess 
uh, has to deal with all of this as well. What can you tell us? Let me introduce you to Daniel here. Daniel, you just arrived. Share with us how you were rescued. Some guys had uh, called our phone and asked us where we were. We was waiting for the police for like 36 hours and they never came. And we was waiting at the home. We did the white flags and everything and nobody came. But then somebody had called the phone after we decided to leave the house and we had walked to the gas station with the kids. And then they had called and came and picked us up. Now you're with your children. We've heard of stories of, of mothers trying to save their children from the rushing waters. Can you tell us how we that was? Through four feet of water to go get them food on the first day. Yeah, that's a lot of shit. But y'all sitting here, y'all trying to interview people during their worst times. Like, that's not the smartest thing to do. Like, Sorry. people are really breaking down, and y'all sitting here with cameras and microphones trying to ask us what the fuck is wrong with us. So I'm so and sorry, you really man. trying to understand with the microphone still in my face, sorry. with me shivering cold, with my kids wet, and you still putting a microphone sorry, in man. my face. Sorry. Uh, Russell Flores, uh, it sounds like you've got a very upset family there. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a break uh, from that, uh, and we'll get back to you later on. And I think that's Mr. Fake News himself, right? That's Acosta, yeah, is yeah, it not? Yeah. I think this okay. is the first time I've ever felt bad for anybody working for CNN. Okay. What, what's what's your bad. take on it? Because uh, I... Um, well, you, you go first. I mean, okay, the black chick's definitely right. They're exploiting a, a, a tragedy for ratings. That's the gist of what she was saying. But I also feel bad for the CNN anchor because the person she was interviewing, like, she didn't come in hot. She had yeah. no indication that she was going to fly off the handle when she started the interview. And she didn't ask her anything that was, you know, really crazy. I thought that she conducted the interview kindly. I thought she was nice. She reached out and touched her. I don't know that she really deserved for somebody to go off on the handle. But, you know, she, she was also right. They're being exploitive. Well, I, I don't even know if I'm willing to go that far, to be honest. Like, uh, what, what, do you, what do you think is ex exploitative about it? Like the fact that they're there talking to people? Because I, th this person was not, she's not being put on the spot at random. This is a person who agreed to appear on the show. Right. Like she's not just, hey, you, you're on live TV right now. That's not what happened. She agreed I mean, I to participate. She could have declined. Because I, I just think that they're compassionless. And so I know almost with complete certainty that they don't really give a shit about any of these people. Yeah. And, I, and to be clear, I don't want to throw that lady under the bus. Like I'm sure she's been through some really terrible stuff and it's kind of an emotionally volatile time. So I'm not saying... You know, how dare she? What a rude thing to do. But at the same time, I don't think that CNN is doing anything wrong here. I don't have a problem with what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And then I, f I felt bad for her, too, because she couldn't extract herself from the situation once shit started to go south. There yeah. was really nowhere for her to go. Like, what was she going to do? And maybe she and I had to cut part of the interview. I, I didn't. That's not the full thing. There's a little bit more. So maybe she agreed to participate, but it went on longer than she wanted. And she she got frustrated towards the end. So maybe she's thinking, OK, I agreed to do this for like a minute. But now right. you're asking me more and more questions. I just I want to go take a nap and get some food. Yeah. Maybe and why the hell did like she that. agree to do the interview? If she two seconds in, she was like, get that shit out of my face. It's like, because you yeah. fucking agreed to do an interview. What are you Why are you right. so mad? That's what bugs me about it is. This is not just shoving a microphone in your face. This is you yeah. saying, yes, I will participate in this willingly. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay, well, whatever. Anyway, a lot of reasons to hate CNN. I'm just not convinced that this is a solid reason to to hate. In, in the long list of CNN transgressions, I think this is pretty No, low. no. But it was nice and a little bit satisfying to see somebody working for CNN like kind of get it 
from a, a minority, you know, that they're trying oh, yeah. to protect, protect constantly. It's like, <laughs> this is a little poetic. Yeah. So that doesn't outrage me. What does rustle my jimmies a little bit is some of the political cartoon work this week. A, a little bit. I was seeing this. red with this political one. Yeah. So, uh, so the first one that has come under a lot of fire is this Politico cartoon by Matt Verker. And Matt Verker is, uh, he, he and I share an alma mater, actually. We're both graduates of Lewis and Clark College. I learned that by looking him up. He graduated okay. long before me, almost 30 years before me. But, um, but he does the political cartoons for Politico. And this was tweeted out by the Politico Twitter account and then deleted immediately or almost immediately. But it remains on Politico's website still. And what it depicts is a bunch of like stereotypically redneck Confederate shirt wearing Texans on a roof that's and their house is flooded and they have a don't tread on me flag and it says secede. And they're saying, wow, angels sent by God have come to rescue us. And it's a helicopter and the, the rescue personnel are saying, oh, actually, it's Coast Guard sent by the government. The implication being that, um, wow, you idiot Texans, you you hate the federal government. You want to leave and you pray to God. But it's actually the federal government that saves your life. You stupid idiots <laughs> is pretty much the message here. Your thoughts. Oh my God. I can't even believe that they did this. It was so tone deaf. I mean, as a general rule of thumb, if you work for a mainstream media outlet, you should try not to make any jokes about tragedies where a bunch of people died and there were billions of dollars of damage. I mean, Hmm. like why on earth would they put this out? They had to know it was going to infuriate people. I, uh, this, this, I like to imagine things like this in a different context. Like imagine this done with stereotypically black people in Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, well, like, what about what about Houston? It's a predominant. Well, it's not predominantly black, but there's a but huge there's a, black yeah. uh, population, and a lot of the people that were afflicted were impoverished black people. Yeah, well, it's that's like, that's what the other thing about What is wrong with you, this. Politico? Yeah, it's like who do you think lives in Houston? It's a quarter yeah. black, as you mentioned. Harris County, Houston's county in Texas, second largest Hispanic population of any county in the United States, to only Los Angeles County. So it's not these stereotypical Confederate flag waving right, right, rednecks right. who live in Houston. That's not who's being and afflicted here. And it's cheaper here. to build in um, areas that are flood zones too. And so they yeah. have a lot of you know impoverished people living in those areas. They're disproportionately yeah. affected. I, I have a huge problem with the theme here too. Like I'm not a, a hugely religious person, but, uh, but I have a problem with telling people, Oh, you idiots, you've been praying to God, but you should view the federal government as your God. Essentially the uh. federal government is your savior. I hate that theme of it. Um, this kind of, it's, it's like implicitly throwing libertarianism under the bus too. Oh, you're stupid. Don't tread on me flag, but here you are needing to be treaded upon. I'm not saying the federal government has no role in this. And I'm happy that FEMA is involved. And by all accounts, it seems like everybody's doing a pretty good job, all things considered in, in the Harvey response. But the fact of the matter is a lot of the work is being done by private charities. A lot of the money is being raised by private charities. The state's resources are doing a lot of the work. And a lot of the work is just guys like that going around drinking their water out of their bottle caps, being good private citizens. So this idea that the godlike federal government will come down from the sky to save us all. we're, We're happy to have the federal help. I think anybody would be. But it's not like you're foolish to think that a smaller federal government is a good thing. 
And it's not like those things are incompatible either. You can definitely say the federal government should have a minimized role, but pr protecting and defending people should be a key part of its role, like the military right. responding to natural disasters, right. all that sort of thing. Even people that are small government and the libertarians um, have to admit that government should play some role. And if the government's not helping out during natural tragedies like this, then I, I don't really, I don't really yeah. know what they do. So I, <laughs> all around just enraging depiction, but that is only arguably the second worst, <laughs> <laughs> the second worst one of the week um, to this Charlie Hebdo. Uh, depiction Charlie Hebdo of getting shot up by Islamic militants fame. What a year and a half ago, two and a half years ago. How long was that? The Charlie Hebdo incident in that, Paris. I think it was 2015. I might be wrong. I'll look it up. Um, early 2015 is what I want to say. So that'd be two and a half years ago. Anyway, this cover of Charlie Hebdo with Nazi flags and and hands in the the Sig Heil gesture or whatever. Uh, being drowned out and the caption reads God exists and he drowned all the neo-Nazis of Texas which <laughs> which is like a which is an even more extreme version of everything that was wrong with the previous oh cartoon my God. like the idea that Nazis are the victims in in the Houston flooding are you, are you serious <laughs> it's it's a lot of minorities you guys not uh, to mention yeah. And Nazis didn't bust into their office and shoot 12 people dead. Yeah. Well, that, that is the Muslims other key distinction. You can make fun of, yeah, make fun of the Nazi Texans all you want. There is a key distinction that they don't uh, go shoot you at yeah, your parents' They're office. never coming for you. It's a soft target. If they had any balls, they'd continue to make fun of Muslims. <laughs> have, they, have they since the, uh, have they drawn any Muhammad since that incident? I actually don't know. Oh, huh. I should look that up. It was January 2015, by the way. Okay. Uh, I would, I would, I get it's satire. I get it's a joke. Um, it but is I would, in I, poor taste. Come on. I, but I would like uh, Charlie Hebdo to look, I don't know. I'd like them to point me in the direction of the Nazi victims. I get that you're exaggerating. Yeah. So I'm not saying it has to be a literal Nazi, but someone who you could somewhat characterize as a Nazi in an exaggerated sense of the, I think it's 44 dead is the toll now. Like which, which one was the Nazi? Yeah, really. Is, is there a Nazi on the list? Any of those poor black people or any of them Nazis? Yeah. Any of the children? <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. And the other thing too, again, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even coming at someone, I'm not even coming at this from the perspective of someone who is a big religious believer, but this, and again, it's satire. I get it. They're not making a serious case, but think about just what they're presenting here. God exists and the evidence for him existing is he killed a bunch of people. Yeah. How, how bizarre of a worldview is that? Like, yes, God exists and we know it because of this body count. It's a, <sighs> it's a sick and twisted perspective. And to be abundantly clear, just so there's no mistake here, in no way am I saying that these places don't have the right to make these cartoons. Of course, I oh, yeah. do. I would never make that claim. You can say yeah. whatever you want, you know. Yeah. But these people should be publicly eviscerated because this yes. is in such bad taste. I mean, you had mentioned it um, before we went live, and I have heard several people say this to me privately. Any any uh, sympathy I had previously with Charlie Hebdo is now yeah. erased. Yeah. They're really eroding my charity here. Yes, uh, I I admire. I mean, I I, I do admire Charlie Hebdo's um, 
a willingness to be provocative, willingness to give everything a middle finger, basically. But what I, I don't know, there's just, I don't see any truth. Like the best jokes, the best satirical middle fingers have that nugget of truth to them. And I just don't see that nugget of truth in this particular depiction. Right. Right. I, and, and like I said before, if they had any balls, they would continue going after Muslims. Yeah. Well, uh, you want to talk about this stiletto Vogue fashion, the, the Vogue fashion writer mad at Melania Trump for wearing stilettos. That clown. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, should we do some super chats first? Uh, well, this is the last Harvey topic. Okay. So you want to just get through this and then uh, we'll take a Oh, break. that is a Harvey topic. I thought it was, thought it was different. Yeah, no, it's a Harvey topic. So uh, this article runs in vogue. Melania Trump's hurricane stilettos and the White House's continual failure to understand optics. And a couple uh, quotes from here. While the nation... While the nation is riveted by images of thousands of Texans wading through their possessions, their pets, their kids, they're uh, in chest high water, desperately seeking refuge while a government official, uh, while a government official recommend that those who insist on sheltering in place, write their names and social security numbers on their arms. uh, Melania Trump is heading to visit them in footwear. That is a challenge to walk in on dry land. Uh, A spokesperson says, She has other shoes to change into on the plane, and one sincerely hopes there is a pair of leopard print wellies. I don't know. I don't know what those are. They're like boots. Okay. Leopard print wellies in waiting to get her from the tarmac to the limo. But what kind of message does a fly-in visit from a first lady in sky-high stilettos send to those suffering the enormous hardship, the devastation of this natural disaster? And here's an image of said stilettos. Uh, as they're leaving, I believe this is on White House grounds here. Um, that she's classy and compassionate. That's the message. Yeah. Jesus. Well, and just the the idea that anyone suffering from the storm actually gives two shits about oh. what shoes Melania is wearing. I- imagine the position of luxury where you say, well, everything was going fine here in terms of my rescue, but yeah. then I saw the shoes. She just doesn't get it, that Melania. She doesn't get storm victims like us now what everybody's talking about is not necessarily the silliness of the article though it is silly and again they say it's it says the article closes here and why oh why can't this administration get anything even a pair of shoes right i don't know maybe it's because you're not willing to ever let them have anything right you have to criticize every tiny thing ever done maybe you're the problem in this overly critical environment. Maybe it's your insistence on criticizing every tiny thing. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. But that would require looking inward, which apparently, clearly, it's not it's not something this author does. This is Lynn Yager or Jaeger. Hmm. This is the Vogue fashion writer who wrote the article, which looks like some bizarre old tranny version of Big Red the Feminist uh, this is like Big Red the Feminist with a Hitler mustache lipstick thing in uh, like 40 years. And just compare her to Melania who like, she is keeping it tight. She looks great. She's in her yeah. mid 40s. She she looks so cute with that Flotus hat. Don't talk shoes. to me about fashion or optics. If this is your getup, <laughs> Just don't. I just don't. Imagine this person. Imagine Melania taking fashion tips from this person and showing up in Houston looking like that. Now, did, did you see the Vogue biography of this particular person? I did. Yeah. So the Vogue biography says Lynn, Lynn Yager 
is a native New Yorker and contributing editor in Vogue and Vogue.com. When she is not writing about fashion, she can be found haunting flea markets oh all God. over the world. Which I How get. How many cats do you think she has? Yeah. I mean, I get they mean um, like frequenting or like, you know, visiting flea. I get it. I get what they mean. Just haunting is a very weird word to choose to me in the context of this bizarre looking of a person. Would you want... Would you want to be at a location that this person haunts? Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't want her haunting anything. I want her haunting as far away from me as possible. Uh, and may she Vogue. not haunt my dreams tonight. What I, are they I, doing, Vogue, destroying beauty standards? Didn't they, they had Chelsea Manning. Uh, it wasn't a cover, but it was like a spread. Last oh, month. yeah. Are they the ones that did the, the um, Caitlyn Jenner cover, too? Was that Vogue? I think that was Vanity Fair. Hmm. You're right. You're right. Anyway, no, don't listen to Lynn Yager about anything, uh, including flea market advice. I wouldn't even go to. A I won't. Like, I don't not even go for a flea market referral. OK, when I'm lying awake at night thinking about like what I fear the most, it's turning out like someone like her and being alone and old and like a crazy eccentric cat lady. That's like my worst <laughs> fear embodied. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All we right. should do some super chats for our next sure. topic. I think I ended on attack alpaca. Alpaca. Joel Dykeman gave us five dollars. This donation will likely be more beneficial to hurricane relief than donating to Sarsour. So here you go. Oh yeah, that yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's so bad. Uh, I was just yeah, listening about that uh, on this wicked stupid. Um, then friend of the show Stan gave us five dollars during the football talk. Blonde heard blah 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 blah. <laughs> oh, and then blah blah. He's yeah. right. Good job staying awake. Yeah. You'll be happy to know I went to a Mariners game though yesterday. Oh yeah. Safeco is awesome. If I ever, like, well, I guess you're uh, going to move away, but if I were ever in Seattle while you were there, I'd definitely go. I really like fun. that park. Delicious. Who, who did they play? The athletics. The A's. Yeah. I was like, I have literally never even heard of this other team. And he's like, they're from Oakland and they suck and nobody likes them. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I, I used to work right across from the Oakland Coliseum in the Bay. Oh really? Yeah. He said their stadium super duper shitty. Oh, it's it's by far the worst sports stadium in America, to be honest. Oh, really? <laughs> it's a pile of concrete left over from the 60s. Yeah, it's, oh, it's really bad. Poor guys. Um, Yoda Economics gave us $5. I don't like President Trump, but I think he's doing a good job handling the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. Uh, agreed, yeah. Yeah, if this, if this stuff is a story, if stilettos are a story, then clearly there is not a lot of uh, huge Subs controversy yeah. to write about. Yep. Um, Agent Flippy gave us $5. Watching CNN get told off is way too satisfying. Yeah, I thought that was a little satisfying. <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Stephen Suarez, $10. The shelter is at the George R. Brown Convention Center. I should know because that's where I met one actress and Jay Fry asked me if I touched her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gabriel Lopez. Oh, I'm not going to read that. Sorry, buddy. Um, El Chongo gave us $5. Would, was it too offensive? It was too offensive and it was oh. under $5. Oh, oh, right. uh, rules Chongo, are rules, I guess. It rules is rules. <laughs> uh, $5. Love the show. I like the flannel greetings from San Diego. Glad people acknowledge how bad Antifa is. They will be back to beating up trash cans. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, Maybe we should just let them. That's a fair compromise. Look, no more beating pedestrians. Just beat yeah. up the trash cans. Just give them all the retired trash cans of America when you replace them. Let them go to town. Um, Oh, Eric is saying I missed his. Eric, $10. Mountain Blonde, I live in Dallas and went to the SPCA to see about fostering an animal affected by Harvey, and they were wow. out. There have been well, so many good. people fostering, they were out of animals. That's oh, that's so hear. great to hear. Yeah. Sorry I missed that earlier. 
Um, then we have David Howard, $5. A political cartoon is indicative of the preconceptions regarding Southerners. Yeah, that's true. A lot of stereotypes. You want to talk about stereotypes that that political cartoon embodied like five of them. Yeah. Um, it, it's the one group that is okay to stereotype in that way. Not okay. Like I, I don't, what I mean is like, it's socially acceptable. There's oh no. no other, you should see what people say about Asian people in Seattle. It's crazy. Oh, well, well, maybe. Asian privilege will get get some good political cartoons made about you. But yeah, generally, I think that cartoon could only apply to that particular demographic and be socially acceptable. But we'll yeah, see. yeah. Um, Scott Malavia gave us five dollars and said, as a Texan, I'll just say Seattle. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good luck with your Reich, man. It's a lot of people yeah. are moving there, so it must be pretty good. Uh, Josh D. Marshall, $5. We have people who've lost their homes, their possessions, hell, even their loved ones, but mainstream media wants to focus on Melania's fucking shoes. Lay wow. I know that's yeah. how I felt. I was like, are you people kidding me? And we talked about this a little bit, maybe on the Wednesday show, but Politico deleted a tweet that said um, the Trump administration hasn't even commented on Melania's inappropriate shoe wear. Yeah. <laughs> fuck are you people serious with this oh, i mean God. they deleted the tweet so they must have some self-awareness but they probably just got yeah. killed in the comments um few more we have cake sally one matt come shred revelstoke and shoot the shit this winter there's a couch and discount passes with your name on it great show as always thanks i'd love to go to canada and do some snowboarding but uh you know uh, a stable livelihood takes priority for now but you know <laughs> we're getting there maybe yeah. maybe in a future year and i appreciate the offer yeah. Um, and then Scott Malavia gave us $5. Uh, start the circus music. And then we are all cut up for now. Oh, and I should mention that I had a huge anonymous donation today, and I can't even thank the person. So if they're listening, thank you very much for your anonymous Bitcoin donation. There you and go. And I tweeted about it, too. Um, okay, we're good for now. All right. So this came to my attention, what was it, Friday night? Like this this. <laughs> this meme level social justice war. I don't remember exactly when it was the last couple nights and yeah, it was yeah. tweeted out by what's his name? Ian miles, Ian Michael, the guy who works at daily caller who used to work at heat street. Uh, Journal, I thought his last guy. name was like Chong or something. Yeah, I'm butchering his name, but he tweeted it out and it was a brief clip. And I said, what is this from? I must see more of this guy. And people said, oh, atheism is unstoppable. Did a full video on this. So I saw atheism is unstoppable's video and, and it was great. And I said, Hey, what is the original source of that footage? I need to see this unedited. And he linked it to me. So thank you to, to AIU for linking me with this footage. So I've done my best to gather what the context of this is. Uh, this took place on Saturday, August 19th. So two weeks ago, there was an anti-racism rally in Vancouver to counter what the CBC was calling a quote, far right rally. Without looking into it deeply, it sounds uh, to me a lot like what was happening in Boston or Berkeley. Mm -hmm. This doesn't sound like a full-on Charlottesville with the tiki torches against the Jews and all that sort of stuff. But it, according to the CBC, this demonstration was to protest Islam and the Canadian government's immigration. Excuse me. That's a blue moon. <laughs> uh, protest the Canadian government's immigration policies. So... The, there was a, a similar uh, formula to what's been happening in the U.S. Very small group of quote-unquote right-wing protesters or demonstrators. Very large group of counter-protesters or demonstrators. Oh, what a of which, Oh, there goes your connection again. But it got, It's like it, it has a hiccup and then comes back, but now you're good. Are we good? Yeah, you're good. Um, so, and this, this guy, this meme level social justice warrior is part of this counter demonstrating group. Now, what I, what I can gather, uh, happened is the guy who's off camera talking 
noted earlier because there were a bunch of speakers at this event. And apparently one of the speakers had something like, we need to dismantle the uh, Canada's white government. Said something to that effect. Like, we need to get white people out of government in Canada. And this guy off camera said, well, that's ironic. That's an ironic thing to say at an anti-racism rally. And that is what sparked the disagreement between off-camera guy and meme social justice warrior guy. So without further ado, we'll just play it. I was I was telling you before we went live, I was going to edit this down, but I just, I couldn't, there was just so much nonsense. It I couldn't so cut good. it out. so good. All of it was so good. So, this might rival AIDS Skrillex, I got to say. So we'll just play it and stop me whenever you feel like you're compelled to comment because it's okay. about three minutes and, you know, it goes a little bit long, but... This exchange is just, Can you tell me more it's great. Yeah, I wanted to uh, just, I'm going to do some live streaming and then conduct some interviews with some of the attendees. Great. I, I have noticed the other side is quite a bit smaller. Are they even here yet? I'm not sure. I don't think I've they're even here yet. Here. So this is the off camera. You're talking, you're and here he enters our, our mean world. Like, you started fucking misrespecting the fucking indigenous women. Wait, wait, wait! Did you just say misrespecting? <laughs> yeah, you, you started. You started motherfucking misrespecting them. Okay, don't don't okay, motherfucking sorry, misrespect sorry. them. Okay, yeah, you're misrespecting the show right now. Why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you Talking to my friends, did you hear what I just said? I don't give a shit what you Right, so then don't ask me a question if you don't want the answer. I wasn't asking a question. You did, you said, why are you here? She's not interested. So I answered it. He just wants to purchase all that. So I'll get out of the system. I just don't think that you can come over here and start fucking talking about how, oh, it's supposed to be anti-racist. She said, oh, well, there's some irony. We can point out irony. Right, because that's not fucking racist. I didn't say it was racist. I said it was ironic. No, you said that in an anti-racist rally, we would have a call to bring down the which isn't white racist. government. It's not. It's not. No, it's not. We are the fucking system of oppression. You fucking moron. Yep. I'm aware of our debt-based monetary system of slavery for all of us. Whatever. You're a piece of shit. You don't okay. care. You don't belong here. <laughs> You're all just here to fucking cost. You don't belong here. Yeah, it's that authoritarian, get out of here kind of mentality. And um, again, what he's insisting is that it is not racist at all to say we should dismantle the white government. Not racist, oh not at all racist, no big deal. That's the nature of the dispute here. But it, it gets much better. We're, we've yet to hit the, uh, the, um, the climax of this scene. Talk to people, which they've done hundreds so far, in a polite way, and then listen to their answers. Oh, you came in to talk to people by coming to an anti-racist rally. Yeah, oh, we came to the other, other rally to cover it. But you're being racist right, right here. Well, I'm not being racist. How can I be racist? disrespecting the woman they were speaking, but her fucking... How would I be disrespecting her culture? I'm... Is, is that not my culture? You don't have a fucking culture! I don't? No, you don't! Oh! oh we're yeah. fucking white. We don't have a goddamn fucking culture. Are you pure, pure white? <laughs> Sure, I'm not. My grandparent, my great grandmother is 100% Aboriginal. I'm Métis. Sure. Okay, sure. So I, I don't understand how I don't sure. have a cult. Maybe you came feel guilty if you don't have a cult. Oh, and I feel guilty. We all have, have a Canadian culture, okay. and paramount okay. under the Charter, Section 1A, is the right okay. to freedom of speech. Okay. And so let's just all. There's a limit to our freedom of speech, and free yeah. speech does not. Yeah. If someone you don't engages in. Now listen in the background there, because as the argument starts to get out of hand, we get we just defer to what's guaranteed to win. 
Racist go home. Yeah, really. Racist shame. go home. Shame. Yeah, shame. <laughs> you don't deserve to be Go back to your side of the street. I don't have a side of the street. Racist you are, Yeah, there's no Rick. Racist go home. Racist I'm not racist. Racist go home. Racist go home. Racist go home. Racist go home. Okay, hold on. Okay. Look at who is, we can see, well, not in this, in this scene, but it's this silent white guy on the left. Mm-hmm. who doesn't really say anything this whole time. Then we've got this neckbeard beta cuck, and then they're flanked by dykes. Fat dykes. I, I, let's, uh, we can probably get a, yeah, there, there's, uh, that would be the one of the, sub, oh, wait, yeah, the right, like, viewer right, his left. Come anyway, on, there's, there's yeah. so many stereotypes. I don't even, yeah. do I have to say any of them? No. Racist go home! 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 And what I love is this guy here in the just the impartial partially seen in the left hand corner of the frame there. I think he's the guy who was doing the talking. And as far as I can tell, he just says, eh, fuck it. And he joins them in the racist go home chant and just starts smoking a cigarette with them. Watch. Like, I think he just joins them ironically. I, I believe that's what happens. That's him. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So uh, I'm really glad that we that they have they haven't had this nonsense beaten out of them fully yet because I enjoy the spectacle I really like watching it. Um, the quote the the highlight quote in there um, we're fucking white we don't have a goddamn fucking culture you piece of shit and um, I mean this is an amazing quote oh for a bunch God. of reasons. The the trouble here is if I take him at his word if if uh, if white people have no culture. A bunch of white males like me were cultureless pieces of shit, as he says. But I'm also not allowed to appropriate any elements of other cultures because that's, you know, that's an instrument of oppression, too. What am I supposed to do other than just be a big cultureless blob? What what's a white guy? You have no right to exist as a white man. (laughs) Your very existence (laughs) offends people. You should just kill yourself, Skag. Are you a white man? Just slit your wrists. I guess so. It's um. You'd also just note the irony of them demonstrating publicly, but arguing firmly for the limit for limitations on free speech. Like, no, 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 we can't have free speech. And we're going to be out here demonstrating publicly about it. That's kind of an irony. I don't think that they're. And he didn't even have one factually based argument. He just kept saying, like, fuck you, you racist moron. I don't think he said anything. He laughed at him when he was talking about constitutional protections of. Yeah. Well, he might be right about Canada. I don't know how those commies up there do that free speech. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, But I'm told that the protection is not as stringent as it is in the United States. Well, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then I I love the chant. Like you can see the look of relief on his face as he realizes like, oh, thank God. The cult chant is bailing me out of this. Racist go home. (laughs) Racist go home. I was out of insults and I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So a couple things. Um, I, what, what are we going to name this guy? Because I've been calling him Canadian AIDS Skrillex, which isn't very original, but just because of the fact that he's doing this the same bit of like, you're fucking a white male. You're doing that same thing. Like, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't have culture. You're fucking a white male. Well, but, both um, of us did realize that he looks a lot like TJ Kirk. Yes. The amazing atheist. And so yeah. I've been calling him the amazing fascist. Which I like. I like the amazing good. fascist. But I think we can do better. So audience... The, the one thing you'll notice guy. about him too 
I should Tough. not. Yeah. So you'll notice that he buttons his top button. <laughs> should I just, I don't, God, that's uncomfortable. Ugh, I could just leave it for the rest of the show like that. God, that just automatically makes you look like, I don't know, uh, at least <laughs> oh, 25% weaker. But uh, yeah, I think I, I was calling him button top. Maybe I like button top. We've got a um, few good ones in the, in the live chat. Can a cuck. That one's pretty good. Okay. Um, the maple man, China. <laughs> Maybe that maybe that one will stick. But but tell us in the comment section, you guys. Yeah, or um, send me an email or tweet me if you think of a good one. Because this guy needs Aid Skrillex is a great name. Trigglypuff is arguably the greatest name for any of them. This guy is deserving of a similar. R two Dindu blows. You can't. That's right. She blows everything else out of the water. You're right. They're the last meme level too. We're thinking about who the last ones were. Oh yeah, R two Dindu. R two Dindu and Tumblr Negan. The rest of them are the 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 meme level ones. R two Dindu though. That's. Yeah, that's probably tough. I thought of that for our audience that doesn't know she was this like, where was she? Was it Evergreen? It was Evergreen. And she's she's like the poster child for their Marxist worldview of oppression, because I believe she is a black, disabled trans person. (laughs) And she rides around in a wheelchair and she bullies people on Evergreen campus on the Evergreen campus. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) And so uh in one of the videos, the top comment that I saw when I was working on Evergreen was R2 Dindu. And that's all it said. And it was upvoted like a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. That's the funniest thing and I've ever heard. Of course, being a reference to Dindu, nothing that whole meme. Yeah, R2D2. And and I admit that I felt when I was editing the video and I I remember making her fast forward away and then dubbing the little R2D2, the little <laughs> droid noise over, over her. I admit that I yeah. felt like an awful person. Oh for, no! For laughing about it, but it was a lot of fun. And and I again, I wouldn't. The only reason it was funny is because she is a bully. I know it sounds like a ridiculous thing to say that a disabled person is a bully, but she is. But she is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're good there. Uh, ready to move on. Um, if uh, if we're good on super chat, or should we take a break? Well, let's take a let's take a little break. We got we got lots of super chats. Um, okay. Who was the last person that I said? Scott Malavi gave us five bucks and said, start the circus music. Did I already say that one? Yeah. Oh, whoops. But thank Um, you, Scott. Dan Irish gave us $4.99 and said, fuck the rules. So I'll go ahead and read that one. Okay. You're Um, setting a dangerous precedent. I know, I know. Uh, Brom39 gave us five bucks and said, Matt, do a dance. Yeah, Matt, show us your sexy moves. (laughs) Very excellent. Why do dancing? Yeah. Jay Fry gave us $5.01 and said, no caps lock, please. He's serious, guys. Yeah. Uh, Josh D. Marshall, $5. We shouldn't make fun of that guy in the blue shirt. It's very misrespectful. <laughs> Maybe there's a way to work that in, the term misrespect into his name. Into yeah, his yeah, think about that, guys. And the top button thing, I like that too. Yeah. Play it off that. God, there's got to um, be something. Misrespectful is a great term, though. I like what that. What a dumbass. Yeah. Uh, too much free time. Oh, excuse me. Gave us $10. Said, Matt, come out to Phoenix. We've got a great zoo. It's just got one animal. It's a dog. It's a real shih tzu. But I'm ching. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. It took me a second. Then I got it. I got it. <laughs> then we have Tus Amo gave us $5. Why did commies have to go from burly Russian men in snazzy uniforms to fat new males who button the fucking top of their shirt? <laughs> I know. I know. Dakota Stanton gave us $5 and said cult mentality. That's definitely true. Yeah. Yoda Economics, friend of the show, $5. Uh, is there a meme name for the cuck dismantler of government guy? His flannel shirt buttoned to the top is cultural appropriation to Chicano. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. 
You can't blame him. He's white. He has no culture. He's got to find culture no somewhere. Culture. No culture. Yeah. Except for all that culture. Um, yeah. Scott Malavi gives five more dollars. I vote white guilt Chuck. <laughs> yeah, that guy. He is, he is like the prince or the knight of, like the white knight of white guilt or something like that. I do you know, feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, that was uh, an, an, there, if you listen closely, some of it's noisy environment, but there are a couple of quotes in there like you identified there where he says things like, oh, I do feel guilt over the history of my people, though. <laughs> ugh, whatever. But if your people don't yeah. have any culture, then they don't have to share any of the guilt, right? I guess I never try to follow the logic because it leads to just brain twisting nonsense. Kirill gave us five dollars and said, this is just typical leaf posting day of the rake when. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the desire to want to kill all these people. Like I, I sympathize. Um, Joel Dykeman, $5. TJ cuck seems the best moniker. Oh yeah. That's, that's, an, that's, that's, a, that's pretty good. Very um, simple. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, simplicity. Um, Mr. Spock, $5. Stop misrespecting my non-existent culture. I know. Right. <laughs> uh, squirrel Knight gave us five euro and said, LOL. Why do you guys rave about SJWs when you employ SJWs as your moderators, AKA Sturmstaffel? What? Uh, look, Squirrel Knight, we appreciate it. But if you've got a dispute with Jay Fry, leave it with, leave it with Jay Fry. Yeah. Take it up with Jay Fry. He'll always be moderator. We love you, Jay Fry. No. Don't piss off Jay Fry. He's really scary. Um, dangerous spaces, $5. White people have no culture unless you ignore all the art and architecture you find all throughout Europe. You can call them Canades Skrillex. <laughs> That's good. Canade. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we can go with something like that. Liberative, last one for right now, $10. Ironically, there's a good article on Salon about the dead end of identity politics over the last 30 years. They're slowly gaining self-awareness. The Canuck S is my vote, Votto. <laughs> Thank you very much, you guys. We will get back to those that I missed after our next segment. All right, excellent. So um, we'll, we'll be quick through this one. We've, we covered the Kathy Griffin story previously. Kathy Griffin, of course, famously holding up the mock-up severed Trump head and losing every aspect of her career, including CNN. Like even CNN had to give her the ax for that one. Uh, so I, I don't know. I guess everybody, including myself, we all left her for, or at least her career, for dead. I, I thought well, that's probably it for Kathy yeah. Griffin uh, yeah. because she was insufferable already. And I mean, this is just and an I think she's and, like seventy, so you know. Yeah. But she's back. She's doing a world comedy tour, and she appears on a appears on um, uh, an Australian news show, a morning news show, to discuss this world tour that she's launching, and uh, discuss how she's no longer sorry about uh, what happened. Because remember, she had that famous tearful apology where she cried and said, Trump broke me. Remember that? Yeah. And me. a bunch of people he were like, me. man, that really seemed authentic. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. Well, a- apparently <sighs> not. At least uh, if she's to be believed now, because now she just goes back on all that. And again, this is another long clip that I was hoping I could reduce the length a little bit, but there's just, you know, it's one of those things I can't eliminate stuff. So stop me whenever you feel is appropriate. This and is Kathy, Griffin. Kathy Griffin joins us now from LA. Kathy, good morning. Welcome to Sunrise. Hi, you guys. I love that package. By the way, I love that the, the mask is pixelated as if it's an actual head. I just want to say <laughs> it was a Trump mask with ketchup. Okay, okay. But I think that the Australians can handle that fact. Okay, because now you are, it's been three months since that photo was taken at a photo shoot. We've just heard, you know, heard about the fallout how are you handling that and why did you decide to turn this into a show on the road this is the fool i i don't even want to call him the president i just call him the fool or the moron or the cheeto or something uh first off 
Kathy Griffin doesn't get to make orange jokes about anybody. About anybody. You're very yeah. orange. And that's fine. You can be orange, but you don't get to make jokes about other people be, being orange. Rule one. Sorry, Kathy. Doesn't work. But anyway, this is the guy who, while we're having a disastrous hurricane, Harvey, and people are dying in Houston and all over Texas, maybe Louisiana, he's spending taxpayer, taxpayer dollars on the Kathy Griffin two-month federal investigation. The picture happened. The outrage was ridiculous. I made an apology. And then now in light of all the crazy stuff that he and this administration are doing, pardoning Joe Arpaio, who is a federal criminal who is convicted of a crime but never served time, um, the transgender ban, you know, he's just also he's he's un, he's unhinged. Uh, and I wanted to shame him. Yeah. And that's what happened. I wanted to make fun of the guy who said to Megyn Kelly, blood coming out of her eyes, blood coming out of her wherever. And I thought, let's take a picture of him with blood coming out of his wherever. Yeah. I don't know what his wherever is. You were very sorry at the time. You apologize. Yeah. You were very upset. Are you no longer sorry for it? Correct. I'm no longer sorry. The whole outrage was BS. The whole thing got so blown out of proportion. And I lost everybody. Like, I had Chelsea Aww. Clinton tweeting against me. I had friends. Deborah Messing from Will & Grace tweeting against me. By the way, uh, more often than not, good indicator that you're on the wrong side when that happens. Yeah. Uh, not that your friends are bad friends. It's a good indicator that you're wrong and say, wow, people that know me and, and know what I'm about are saying that I went too far. Maybe I did. God. Maybe I did. Hmm. I mean, I lost everybody. I didn't just lose like one night on CNN. My entire tour was canceled within 24 hours because every single theater got all these death threats. I mean, these Trump fans, they're hardcore. They have like mm. robocalls and they're but, a minority, but, but they Kathy, know how to act like they're a majority. Deborah but, Messing and Chelsea Clinton what? are Trump fans. Like uh, she was saying that Trump fans called in a bunch of death threats and they, they're a minority, but they know how to act like a majority. I'm not really sure what she means by that because... No matter what, you're still talking about roughly a 50-50 split in terms of the American electorate. It, it, either way. Oh, she's really doubling down. This is going to do terrible things for her remaining career. She should have just, she's rich. She should have just you know, faded into obscurity and, and yeah. died. Had a good run. <laughs> yeah. Time to retire and drink on the beach for the rest of my life. Why not? Sounds awful. Like if even Democrats said it was out yeah. of line. I, I get the comedy is about pushing the boundaries and being politically incorrect, and that's fine. But do you not agree that that picture holding up a severed head, I know it's a mask covered in mm. tomato sauce, but did you do you not accept that was a little bit over the line? No, you're full of crap. Stop this. You know this. Stop acting like my little picture is more important than talking about the actual atrocities that the president of the United States is committing. Atrocities. 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 What the fuck? Atrocities. <laughs> atrocities? Yes, atrocities. I guess all the, the transgender people were not only banned from serving in the military, they were actually rounded up and gassed. That was the, yeah. that was the sub, the, the, the secondary part of the story. Um, yeah, very bizarre. And, and just this argument of, well, what I did is not the worst thing conceivable, and therefore it's fine. <laughs> and I'm not well, sorry anymore. You know, what's, you know what isn't the worst thing conceivable? everything except for the worst thing conceivable yeah. so it doesn't it's it's this bizarre justification that doesn't really make any sense um but she continues and it only gets worse because as you've noticed she hasn't referenced sexism yet uh that's coming up of course that's coming up and i'm also on a mission to tell people honestly if it happened to me as big mouth and obnoxious as i am it can happen to you like I <laughs> it could happen for to sure. anyone. For if sure. you take a picture of the president's severed head, you might lose social and professional connections. Like that could happen to anyone. 
wasn't just me. <laughs> yes, that's true. That is true. If you make a dumb PR move like this, you might face consequences socially and professionally. She's right. Honestly, this is a big change. I've been talking to Australians who for the first time are saying we're afraid to go to America. And I don't believe oh, that. I want one reference on that. Yeah. <laughs> one reference. I never thought I would hear that in my lifetime. Mm. I'm 56 years old. I'm a female comedian. How many successful female comedians, I mean, who can stand there with a microphone with nothing but the own, their own material they wrote themselves? And if and you think I haven't dealt with sexism and misogyny you can't imagine, uh, then you'll understand why I cannot wait to hit the stage and expose all of it. No, I don't apologize for that photo anymore. And I think the outrage is complete BS because okay. we have real things to deal with. Oh, my God. Her, <sighs> She just said that it's going to be a social justice warrior tour. And by the way, she was trained by Joan Rivers, who kept her fucking mouth shut about political matters. She wouldn't be all over Trump. And she would be really disappointed that Kathy has gone in this direction. Yeah. Well, the fact that Kathy Griffin has had a successful career is, to me, evidence that sexism is not the force that she describes. Right. Because if sexism right. were real and powerful, Kathy Griffin would be target, I don't know, one, two, three, somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know that she didn't get to where she was by sleeping her way to the top or by being attractive. <laughs> so, <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> Point taken. Um, what else did I have written down about Kathy? Because she said so many things. Oh, um, she says this thing about... <laughs> The fact that the president is spending federal money on investigating Kathy Griffin for two months rather than Harvey. Okay, a couple of things. The federal investigation was going on way before Hurricane Harvey. They weren't right. simultaneous. And by the way, federal government, pretty sure they can walk and chew gum at the same time. Pretty sure they can handle a response to an emergency, natural disaster, and investigate potential threats against the president's life, which I'm not saying that's what this was, but I am saying that the Secret Service and others have a duty to investigate things that are on the fringes. So one, there's no evidence that one compromised the other. There's no evidence that the investigation into Kathy Griffin resulted in less resources being available for Harvey or some negative consequence for Harvey. That's just nonsense. That's just deflection. The federal government does a lot of things all of the time. Right. Many different tasks, as Trump would say, many, many tasks, more many, tasks many, than many you would times. believe. <laughs> yeah. So that was dumb. Um, is, is the video still up for our audience? It's on a hilarious thumbnail of Kathy Griffin's face right now in the video share. Uh, no, but I could put it up. That's, yeah, that's the... It's top notch. Top notch. <laughs> that's, the, that's the saved thumbnail just on YouTube. That is pretty good. Uh, she says, um, she implies that Trump's atrocities outweigh her dumb stunt. Even if we, the problem is, even if we grant that, uh, when is depicting the decapitation of someone generally well received or viewed as good taste like i was thinking about this let's take uh, for, for whatever reason i was thinking about oj because we were talking about him earlier so let's say oj most people I, I haven't looked at the polling but many if not most people believe that oj killed nicole and ron goldman does that mean that it's good taste for kathy griffin to hold up like a severed oj head because oj's atrocities are so bad. And by the way, if he did those, those are actual atrocities too. <laughs> those are those are real atrocities. I wouldn't atrocities. call that an atrocity. No, the kid. You wouldn't call murder an atrocity. No, when I think of an atrocity, I'm thinking about like genocide. Okay. Well, <laughs> point is, take what I'm saying is like it doesn't matter how terrible the person depicting depicting severed heads is usually regarded as poor taste or not. 
yeah. maybe 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 there is such a bad person. I guess if it's Hitler, I guess if you're holding up a severed Hitler head, then maybe you're a hero. But generally speaking, like there's no such thing as a bad action that says, okay, yeah, let's make some artwork of this guy's head being cut off. Unless you're Hitler or unless you're like Bin Laden or unless you're someone, unless you are an actual atrocity artist like that. But I guess that's what she believes. Maybe that is what she believes. Maybe she puts Trump in the Bin Laden in the Hitler box. Maybe she does. Yeah. Hmm. Um, what do we talk about? We talked about the sexism. Oh, the, I think this whole thing speaks about or speaks to the apology itself, too, because this reads to me like you only apologized in the first place because you wanted to get the desired effect of forgiveness. Right. And then right. you didn't get the forgiveness. So you're going back on it because you have sour grapes. And to me, that's not a real apology. Like if you say, okay, I'm going to do the apology because I want the desired effect. Oh, I didn't get the desired effect. So now I'm going to say, I don't care about the apology. Well, that's not how an apology works. And if you're not apologizing for sincere reasons, I'd rather don't you just apologize. didn't. Yeah. I'd rather you just didn't. Um, so yeah, and, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying, Ooh, I'm so offended by what Kathy Griffin did. I think it was in poor taste. Do I really care? Not much, but do I, am I sympath? Am I thinking that it's not justified for her to face some social and professional backlash for it? That's the way it works. Sorry. I mean, you had to know the the risks associated with it. I would never want the government, the government to censor what she did. Right. But I understand why someone wouldn't want to associate with it either. What's her plan? I mean, why is she doing this? I don't know. Maybe she's broke. <laughs> it's not going to curry favor with the general public. I mean, people hate her. Her show I, will flop. I mean, well, that's the thing is, I under no circumstance would I have gone to a Kathy Griffin event previously, ever. Now I especially won't. No, she's going to go the way the the way of Amy Schumer. Ugh. God, I hope. I just hope she doesn't put stuff on Netflix because then I don't have to watch it. Yeah, really. You know how much money Amy Schumer made for the leather special? Oh, God. How many tens of millions? Uh, people think it's about 20 million. She was going to get paid 11 million. Then she demanded to make as much as Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. Dave Ugh. Chappelle made 75 million. Chris Rock Ugh. made 60 million because yeah. Dave Chappelle came out of retirement. And she's like, I deserve Chris Rock money. And so they gave her some undisclosed amount that's way more than 11 million dollars. Oh, God. I know. <laughs> Don't make me think about Amy Schumer earning that kind of money. I just, I don't have the mental stamina for it. Okay. You ready to move on? Um, we'll get into this nurse thing after, after a break. Uh, yeah. You want to do some super chat now? Sure. Okay. Who was the last person that I said? I think liberative. Um, big red doggy gave us $5. Damn it, Matt. I gave you a good name for this guy. It was called culture, culture cuck. And it's pretty good. Oh, did you? It must've been on Twitter. Maybe I missed it. Um, boogeyman nine one seven gave us five bucks. The amazing fascist is too fat to have AIDS. Yeah, he is too fat for AIDS. <laughs> That's yeah. fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, Justin Hunsaker gave us five dollars and said Canuck cuck. <laughs> That's okay. good. It doesn't really roll off the tongue though. Yeah. Um, then Squirrel Knight gave us five euro, but he's bitching about Jay Fry, so I'm not going to read that. Um, then we have Go Babylon gave us five dollars. Canuck tard or Dudley douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Scott Malavi, five more dollars. When will she be downgraded to a Z level celebrity and sent off to the island? Do we have an island for washed up celebrities? That's a good idea. I like yeah. it. You could make a terrible reality show out of that. Let's just send him to Hawaii. I never really want to go there anyway. <laughs> um, Scott Malavi, five dollars. Great North White. Um, then we have hmm. Matt Webb gave us five dollars and said, I'm Australian. I'm going to the States in October. I'm not afraid to go there, except that maybe some lefty will hit me. Bring it on. 
Yeah. Well, tell tell Kathy Griffin you're not afraid. Yeah, yeah. So she can Whereas say, I know someone in Australia. afraid to go yeah. to Australia because of all the animals that want to kill you. Well, I'm um, way less afraid to go to Australia than to Europe. Yeah. That's just, uh, that's my, speaking I, of which, I, we'll talk about it at the end of the show. Excited. Are you excited to go? Are you excited? For, no. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. Well, we will discuss it in the show. Yeah. Uh, Josh G. Marshall, $5. That thumbnail makes Kathy Griffin look unhinged. Yeah, she's done some <laughs> yeah. crazy stuff to her there face. You go. Somebody in the live chat said that she looks like Andy Dick in drag, which is why yeah, I was laughing yeah, it really at really does. an opportune time. She really yeah. does. Yeah. Um, Eric gave us $5. I mean, there's Yemen and the bombing over there and the selling of weapons to Saudis, but other deaths of civilians abroad caused by Trump and hmm. other deaths. Um, yeah, but I don't have- think that's what she means, though. And she does reference um, she does reference the, the, tra- the trans ban in the military. And what else did she say? Hurricane Harvey, like she's talking about these atrocities and those are the things she points to. She doesn't point to like overseas deaths. Things and like how that. is Trump responsible for a natural disaster? Does any, can anybody, can anybody tell me that? Because he didn't divert enough resources to the recovery because he was too busy investigating Kathy Griffin. That's Kathy yeah. Griffin's reasoning. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, and the last one for right now is Brom $39.5. You should visit the blog on a former Marine called Snafu. This is the blog hmm. of a Marine called Snafu. I'm not super sure what that means. So yeah, tell me go ahead and email me if you have a link uh, to, to that. Um, and we're good for now. Okay. The The big story, as I said at the top, was uh, the big viral story this week was this bizarre footage of this nurse in Salt Lake City being arrested at a hospital for refusing to draw blood from a patient for a detective uh, upon his request. And um, we'll set the context of what actually happened here. So this all starts on July 26th. There was a high-speed chase north of Salt Lake. I think this was near Logan, Utah. Uh, Utah Highway Patrol were in pursuit of a pickup truck on Highway 89. And while fleeing, this pickup truck crashed head-on into a semi-truck in what looks like a deliberate maneuver. Like, it looks like he... um, I was going to reference the end of Sons of Anarchy. Spoiler alert for people who haven't finished Sons of Anarchy yet. But Jax Teller, it's kind of a Jax Teller move, it looks like. Um, straight into the semi. And actually, we do have footage of what that looks like. It's not graphic, so don't worry about it. But this this was released by Salt Lake, or not Salt Lake Police, but uh, the Salt Lake Tribune, I think, has this footage. So this is dash cam footage of what that crash actually looks like. And I'm not just showing this because it's a crazy explosion, though it is. I'm showing this because it's relevant to the fact pattern in what happened with the nurse. So this is from the first cop car. Keep your eye on the left-hand part of the frame there. Just swerve right into a semi with a giant explosion. Oh my god. And then there's a, sec- there's a second angle from the second cop car, a little bit closer. Just a giant explosion. So the driver. The, uh, the driver of the pickup is killed on the scene. The driver of the semi was engulfed in the flames of these explosions of this explosion and severely burned. And he gets taken to Salt Lake to the hospital. And he's the patient in question um, in this in this whole case. Now, a lot of what I understand about this comes from a Blue Lives Matter analysis, a post on Blue Lives Matter, is it .com or .blue or whatever. But there's a good analysis of, of um, this case on that site. So I'm kind of relying on that. And I'll link to that in the description. But according to this, it's it's common practice that whenever there's a fatal car crash, it's normal for, for police to determine if anyone involved was impaired. Um, and so the, the truck driver, the semi-truck driver, was transported to Salt Lake because he was severely burned. So the Logan Police Department 
gets in touch with the Salt Lake Police Department and says, hey, we need a blood sample from semi-truck driver guy to make sure that he wasn't impaired as part of mm-hmm. our common protocol, as part of our protocol. The Salt Lake Police say, yeah, sure, we'll go do that. So they send this detective to the hospital. His name is Detective Jeff Payne. And he is a trained phlebotomist. So he knows how to do this you know, blood extraction and get a blood sample from a person. And he goes into the hospital and says, hey, I need a blood sample from that guy who was in that crazy truck crash. And nurse Alex Wubbles, who's at the center of this, she is the one discussing with Payne that I guess there's some kind of an agreement between the hospital and the police department about sharing of information and blood samples and stuff. But per per a Supreme Court decision in 2016, um, that doesn't make a warrantless blood draw okay. So the Supreme Court has decided uh, a a extraction of blood, a blood sample is a search as far as the fourth amendment is concerned. So you can't take my blood. Mm -hmm. You can't, that that's a search and seizure as far as the fourth amendment is concerned. And that would require uh, one of three things. One, a warrant, which wasn't present in this case. There was no warrant for the blood draw Two, I could consent to the blood draw, right? But the, the patient was unconscious at the hospital. So he can't consent truck driver guy can't consent or three if i was under arrest then presumably there's some type of probable cause Mm -hmm. for the search because i'm under arrest but the salt lake police department was clear with the nurse this guy's not under arrest so none of the three criteria that would make for a blood draw uh, to be legal or even in compliant with hospital policy were fulfilled so the nurse says, I'm sorry, but it's got to be one of these three things, and none of these three things are satisfied, so I can't. And she's just the messenger for the hospital at that point. She's not, it's not her call. She's just right. relaying information. And Following she's on the protocol. Phone. Yeah. And she's on the phone with her supervisor during this exchange, and, it, and then he gets violent and forcibly arrests her for what, as, what was apparently uh, interfering, what he said was, Interfering with an investigation, something to that effect. Yeah, interfering with investigation. Now, um, Wubbles was in in cuffs, I guess, for about 20 minutes, but she was not detained and she was never charged. So let's take a look at what the actual arrest looked like. This is the clip that everyone's talking about. This is what the actual her actual arrest looked like. I have this. It says obtaining blood samples for police enforcement from patients suspected to be under the influence. Okay. This was something that you guys agree to with this hospital. The three things that allow us to do that are if you have an electronic warrant, patient consent, or patient under arrest. And neither of those things, the patient can't consent. He told me repeatedly that he doesn't have a warrant and the patient is not under arrest. Oh, the other thing, when she says he told me repeatedly that he doesn't have a warrant, this Jeff Payne guy had been in contact with his supervisor, whoever's in charge of him. And this is the guy, the guy who's in charge of him. I forget the name here. Um, anyway, his superior apparently gave detective guy the order to arrest her. So apparently there's some question as to whether it was the detective's choice or not. In any case, he carried out the arrest, obviously. I'm trying to just do the, what I'm supposed to do. That's, that's all. So. Okay, so I take it without those in place, I'm not going to get blood. Is that... Am I fair to surmise that? Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea why he's blaming me. I'm just representing. Why are you blaming the master? 
one that has told me no. Okay. No, we're done. We're, we're done. You're under arrest. We're going. We're done. So again, that's about the extent of what happened. She just kind of hung out for 20 minutes and she never, you know, went to jail or was facing any charges or anything. But, um, well, I, I, do you have any immediate reaction to that? Cause I have several questions. I mean, I hope that she gets a big ass settlement for this. <laughs> she's just, she's at the end of like a, a 16 hour shift and she's just trying to enforce hospital protocol, which is totally appropriate and agreed upon by the police. She's got this dick bag cop trying to make her do something illegal and she's not going to do it. If she would have done that, she would have been in huge trouble. She probably would have gotten fired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the blue lives matter article that I saw concludes with this in terms of why this happened. Um, the most likely cause of this incident is that detective Payne believed that his actions were lawful, which would happen if he failed to receive training on case law updates. Cause remember a lot of this depends on that 2016 case. So it's possible there's just a, a lapse in training that would make him aware of, of what, and what he the sounded case like law such actually an idiot. says. She told me, no, I have to do this because she told me no. That's all he said. He didn't give her any, any cause. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's trying to say that she's interfering with an investigation. That's what he's That's trying to say, but he's, he's wrong. Yeah. Um, because there's no, there's no law in Utah, uh, law in Utah that prohibits interfering with an unlawful investigation, <laughs> only a right. lawful that investigation. That cop should definitely lose his job. Um, the Lieutenant then forced the incident to escalate by ordering an arrest of a nurse. So I'm unclear cause I don't see evidence of that order on the tape, but apparently this is what happened. I'm not sure what their source is on knowing that's the case. Is it body um, cam footage or what? Yeah. It's body cam footage on the arrest there. Wow, that is just brazen for knowing you're being watched. He must have really thought he was right. Oh, yeah. I have no doubt that he was convinced that he was doing the right thing. Um, I have a few questions about this. Like, first, it's it's strange to me to think that the, the blood draw itself would be so urgently needed. Now, I assume right. um, that they want this blood draw, one, because it's protocol. Like, that's mm -hmm. just standard practice in terms of a fatal crash. You want to know if any substances were involved at all. Two, maybe there's some sort of liability for the, the Logan police department in terms of a high speed chase. We don't know what led up to that. Maybe there right. was police irresponsibility that would make them liable. But to me, like just looking at the dash cam footage, I don't need a blood test to see whose fault that was. Like that's clearly yeah. not the truck driver's fault. And I, even if a blood test said like, yeah, there was a little bit of alcohol in his system. Like I guess charge him for a DUI, but you, you can't tell me. It doesn't me he change anything really. And it doesn't make yeah. it more pressing. Plus you know, if that guy doesn't survive, it still doesn't make it any more pressing. I think they could have obtained it. Yeah. Is, is he going to die? What, what's his, what's his, state I have right no now? idea. I, I have no idea. I mean, um, I'd imagine the, he's really fucked up. Yeah. I, my understanding is the burning was 
pretty bad. And that's why he had to go to Salt Lake, obviously. Um, my other question is, like, why are the Salt Lake police so uptight about this? Because speaking about that potential liability, I would understand why the Logan police are like, look, we need to be as clear as possible in terms of the evidence or the Utah Highway Patrol, I should say, because they're the ones doing the chase. We need to have all the evidence here to make to make it abundantly clear that we have no liability or fault in this case. But why why the Salt Lake, the role of this detective in the Salt Lake Police Department is just fulfilling a request for another police department like they don't actually have skin in the game Mm -hmm. in this particular incident they're just trying to do right by another police department yet they're so insistent that seems weird to me like why why is it that important to the salt lake police department that this happened uh in this way the last thing i hate to go there but i think we have to imagine this story if there was a racial element like if this nurse is black can you imagine Mainstream media wouldn't have shut up about it all week. They kind of aren't already. But it is interesting how you could keep every fact exactly the same, change the color of her skin, and they would say it's a it's a racist problem in the Salt Lake Police yeah. Department. It's a racial problem. Yeah, yeah. Even if every fact remained the same rather than just a – well, clearly there's a breakdown in cop training um, – uh, problem, something like that. I think it's worse than that. I mean, yeah. this seems like an ego thing. Can you imagine how he would have behaved if he didn't have a body cam on? Uh, yeah, I don't know. If, and um, I, I will recognize that my understanding of a lot of this stuff is as a layman, like both legally and in terms of law enforcement, I don't have a clear understanding of how all this happens. I know we have some law enforcement personnel in our audience. So if you have more insight on how this happened, why it happened, love to hear it. Send us an email. Um, but to me, this looks like an open and shut case of police done fucked up to be oh honest. yeah i don't i Agreed. don't see yeah. i don't see i can't see a case that. where i could i could feel okay about this that being said it didn't really look like he assaulted her in the i don't want to say in the conventional sense i mean by it was by mostly a, like a Corey lewandowski kind of assault <laughs> yeah i mean he like pushed her a little he didn't he wasn't clocking her in the face or kicking her in the stomach you know yeah it wasn't like he, a hardcore assault or anything yeah. Not that that's any excuse. I mean, this no, was it's not an excuse. Police overreaching the, and this guy should be fucking fired. The other thing that was interesting to me, I could go back and watch it, but you notice the moment where he said, okay, that's enough. We're done. You're under arrest. It wasn't actually after, I want to be sure about this actually. Let me I find the spot. It wasn't actually after she said anything. I think it was after the, her supervisor said like, look, you can't do this. It's after the supervisor said something. And, he, yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. the triggering moment. Let me just watch it one more time. The one that has told me Okay. No, yeah. we're done. No, we're, no. We're so done. it wasn't even anything that she said. It's just well, like Well, he super tried to vo- grab her phone and she pulled away. And that oh, okay. Maybe. Maybe that's it. What a douche. God. All right. Well, um, we're running short on time, so we'll move on. But I do find this case to be pretty fascinating. And if you, like I said, if you have any expertise on any of this stuff, do, uh, do chime in. I'd like to learn more about it. Um, um let's wait until the end of the show to okay so the last bit is um of course it's time for hoax hate we did a great hoax hate segment last week with uh beth fukumoto the hawaiian legislator who received a hate letter this week is great because we have something similar but something different now um i'm gonna leave it up to you as to whether oh. you think Wow. Oh, I, I just got a tweet from Sticks Hexenhammer, and he said that the moderator put him in a uh, timeout. <laughs> Jay Fry, did you do that? God damn it, Jay Fry. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Sticks. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Okay. 
Yeah, maybe we have uh, maybe maybe Jay Fry is the detective pain of our chat. Maybe that's <laughs> don't abuse your power, Jay Fry. Yeah, we have protocol around here. Um, okay, so this this was the story this week. The week before, we saw this viral story of guy saying, "Hey, I was stabbed outside of my car because uh, I have a neo-Nazi looking haircut." Before we start, I was going to say, "Do you feel that you need to be fake newsed on this story, or do you think that you are immune?" I retweeted Stephen Molyneux, and he tweeted some article about this. So I don't know if retweeting some fake news gives makes me fake news. Then then maybe. Okay, well, we'll you are fake news, very fake news. Both of you are very fake news because, well, let's read the original. The original Facebook post says, so apparently I look like a neo-Nazi and got stabbed for it. Luckily, I put my hands up to stop it. So he only stabbed my hand. Please keep in mind there was no conversation between me and this dude. I was literally getting out of my car. His Snapchat reads, lols, I apparently look like a neo-Nazi. So I got stabbed (laughs) now. Uh, this sort of fell apart once police actually started investigating. Um, he told Buzzfeed news the same thing. He said, I I was just getting out of my car to get myself a milkshake. And the next thing I hear is you, you're one of them neo-Nazis as this man was swinging a knife at my head over my car door. I threw my hands up in my natural, uh, out of natural reflex. And I kind of dived back into the car as the suspect took off running. Uh, Police became suspicious when surveillance footage Uh, did not show anyone running from the scene as Witt had claimed. And because police found and interviewed someone who matched Witt's description of the attacker, who is a transient and lives in the area, and he was cleared Hmm. as a possible suspect, police also found a video, um, wherever that is in here, but police found a video of him buying the knife at a sporting goods store, like right before this happened. And he admitted to police, he admitted to police, yeah, I bought the knife and I was messing around with it in the car and I cut my hand and I made the whole thing up. Oh, so, man. It's the obvious takeaway here is any of these claims, not just of hate incidents, but I think especially in hate incidents because they're so frequently hoaxed, doesn't matter where they are on the ideological spectrum. You got to give them equal scrutiny. And I'll admit, like, I didn't retweet. I, I didn't participate in the uh, the promotion of this story as real. But I will admit that I f- probably didn't greet this with the same skepticism that I would have for like the church note or yeah. the Beth Fukumoto letter or the Me one we're neither. about to talk about. And I, I made a mental note in my head. Got to be consistent on that. Yep. Yep. And it's good when things like this happen, they keep us in check. Yeah. So you can't trust your own side too much. If that this guy yeah. is even, I don't even know his political affiliation. So if you don't, um, if you don't greet these things with skepticism, next thing you know, you're debunked by BuzzFeed. And being debunked by BuzzFeed, if if I ever get debunked by BuzzFeed, I might quit my channel at that. Yeah, point really. Because yeah, I, and I don't mean just challenged by BuzzFeed. I mean conclusively Completely debunked. debunked, which it yeah. really was. I was like, no, not BuzzFeed. Yeah, like the fact that BuzzFeed looks like hard hitting journalism. Yeah. In this particular case, yeah, you don't want that. So we got to greet these things with scrutiny. So, you know, be skeptical of those claims. But that's not the only story of hoax hate. This this story out of St. Peter, Minnesota, man. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a, a lesbian couple in St. Peter, Minnesota. Kelly and Trisha Brevig wrote on Facebook. Uh, where's their original Facebook post? Maybe it's not in here. Oh, yeah. They said... 
Uh, words cannot begin to describe this hate. How could anyone feel this way against others? I am truly at a loss for words. Please stop the hate. Hashtag united we stand. This is my family with heart emojis. They apparently received this letter in, I guess, the mail. It doesn't It doesn't say what if this came to them in the mail or if it was posted on their door or whatever. But this letter is so rich that I figure we just have to read it. Do you, <laughs> yeah, do you want do paragraph it. one or paragraph two? Well, I guess there are, uh, there's more than one. Let's... I'll do par- a first line paragraph one. How's that? Okay, go for it. Hey, you motherfucking faggots. <laughs> Why don't you get the hell out of this town? No one wants you here, you goddamn faggots. Don't you get it? This is small town, rural Minnesota. We don't go for you faggots here. <laughs> if you want to be faggots... Why the hell don't you go to San Francisco where they approve of this faggotism? Faggotism. That's a new word to me. <laughs> but no. I thought faggotry was the technical term. It is. It is. It's not uh, faggotism now? <laughs> but no, you're too selfish. You don't care that you're lowering the property values of the na- of your neighbors. Of you neighbors, actually. Yeah. No one wants to live by such filth. You take the next two. I guess you sure do work in the right place because you are, all caps, sorry, J. Fry, mentally ill. You're not right in the head. You should be locked up away from normal society, you goddamn faggots. People may seem like they are your friends, but really they aren't your kind, your kind. Just has everyone too scared to say that you freak them out, so they pretend to be your friend, because if they aren't, watch out. Because everybody's super scared of lesbians. Just frightened of lesbians. Well, you know what, faggots? (laughs) I'm tired of your kind making, of your kind, making life hard for everyone else that is normal. You make my life more difficult because I have to explain to my children your faggotism lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) So guess what, faggots? I'm going to make your faggot life more difficult. I would be looking behind my back if I were you. You never know what might happen. We need to eliminate your faggot ass, all of you. you never <laughs> all of know. your collective ass. All of your one giant faggot ass. You never know. Your house could be torched. A gun could be used to eliminate you. You just never know, you goddamn faggots. <laughs> oh, and your poor daughter. She must be so embarrassed to have you for parents. She needs to look out behind her back. Also, I know where she goes to school. I also know where you motherfucking faggots live. Presumably, if it was delivered to their house, I thought that was the context here. You maybe should just quit being faggots before something terrible happens to you or to her. This is your last warning. It's not going to be pretty because you never know, you goddamn faggots. (laughs) You are the ruination of this country, but there will soon be two less faggots in this country. So long, faggots. P.S. There is more to life than (laughs) tie-dyed shirts. You faggots. <laughs> I, oh I love God. that. Don't look behind you because I might be sneaking up on you to do harm. Never mind that me telling you that is self-defeating. Why, I apparent, know. why would you why would you say that? I'm very stealthy, but be sure to check. Well, oh, you're man. not that stealthy then. This oh. is my favorite. This is my favorite hate note I've ever read. Police are currently investigating. They won't disclose the details of an ongoing investigation. Um, Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on this right now. There's no way in hell this is real. I'm 100% sure this is totally, completely made up. These are lying lesbians. 
or it's like some, I mean, if it is real in the sense that they didn't write it and it was planted on them, it's some kind of like trolley teen or it's not. It this sounds is, like a 13, a group of 13 year old boys wrote this shit. Yes. Now, Faggotism. I don't know how anyone can read that and think, yeah, that's a credible threat. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a credible threat. Now, I'm not blaming them for going to police. It's like I was talking to my dad about this today. I said, if someone left a note on my door that was like, hey, faggot. You better watch your back. And it was phrased like that. I would laugh and I would I would call the police and say, look, there was a threat on my door. Just so you're aware, this is really silly, but here it is. But no, they're making this big deal out of it. And I don't know how anyone could read that and not have some serious questions or points of skepticism. And what's really frustrating is this just gets picked up uh, in the neighboring town of Mankato at the Mankato Free Press. Uh, an editorial, our view, hateful letter backfired for anti-gay writer. Here's a couple points from the Mankato Free Press's editorial team. Um, because you know what? Our communities won't put up with the hateful anti-gay rhetoric in your letter and that you didn't even have the courage to sign. Oh, you didn't have the courage to sign. Isn't that weird? Isn't that odd? It didn't have a signature. Huh. Uh, We are better than that. We accept people the way they are when they are law abiding members of our community who communities who contribute to the quality of life here. If you don't like that situation, don't invite same sex couples over to your house for dinner. You live your life. Let them live theirs. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So why are you insisting that everyone have the same opinion? Just let people have their opinions. That's fine. Uh, One of the lines of your letter points out how you are personally affected um, by this couple's lifestyle, you make my life more difficult because I have to explain to your children your faggotism lifestyle. <laughs> if if you only had more faith in your children, children start out being accepting of one another, no matter that uh, no matter what their difference is. Even without good role models, they often figure out how diverse and rich the real world is. Not recognizing that as a parent. In, uh, is your failure, not someone else's. Now, again, we have this bizarre instance of um, insisting that children are kind of our moral guy, uh, our moral guides. Yeah, uh, like, like our, lactatia. Yeah. They teach us. The children if, teach the adults in our society. Yeah, no, we teach children morality. And I agree if this was real, there might be a parenting problem there. Sure, maybe. Um, but we don't say, look, you want to be a good parent? Just let your children guide you. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the whole point of society's structure is children have poor judgment capacities and we yeah. train them and grow them to develop their judgment capacities. Um, I just think it's very concerning that a legitimate news outlet in the area accepts this uncritically, not only to just report it uncritically, but to take the oh, opportunity. They in don't its, believe this is real. To, to put it in your editorial section nope, and do this nope, big virtue nope. this signal. Is, this is a virtue signal. They don't think, no, think this so. is real. Well, and here's here. I hope that's the case. I find that to be more honest if that's the case. What? Why? Because I can't believe that anybody would be so dumb as to read that and think, yeah, that's 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 plausible. That's that sounds like something that would happen in the world around me. That sounds normal. Yeah, sounds, but then at least they wouldn't be lying about their understanding of the situation. Yeah, I guess. You, so you're, yeah, Nobody you're making a case can read that like a, and say that, that they genuinely think that that is real. That is the yeah. worst hate so, hoax perhaps that I've ever – it's almost as bad as the one last week. I guess what we're debating then is would you rather have really stupid people or manipulative people? And you're making the case that manipulative stupid. is worse. Um, and you're probably right. You're probably right yeah. when I think about that. You can that. control stupid people. 
Uh, <laughs> fair point. Um, I, I will say too, it's 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 uh, it's not good to see that in the context of what happened just this last spring, only an hour away at St. Olaf College in um, in Northfield, Minnesota. There was this big racial. There was allegedly a racist note left on some black guy, some black student's car, and they protested on campus. They canceled classes for several days, apparently, and it was later determined that this was a hoax. This was just done to stir up controversy, and and of course, it just it it um it made the institution. It just you know put a bunch of splattered a bunch of egg all over the institution's face. So you have an example of how these hoaxes have caused real embarrassment and real harm in a neighboring community. And then it happens in yours and you just accept it uncritically. And then you take the opportunity in your editorial page to virtue signal about how it backfired. And well, you intended for, for hate and division to result from your letter, but actually all we got is love and you didn't even have the courage to sign it. And nobody at the Mankato free press says, huh? Yeah. Isn't it weird that nobody signed it? And isn't it weird that it only worked for a benefit? Uh, and isn't it weird that there's no real cost to this couple, only social praise and an outpouring of love? Yeah. Um, isn't that strange? Isn't that strange that there's a really silver lining in all of this? Bright silver, in fact. Oh. Maybe a gold it's Almost lining. as if somebody <laughs> made it up for their personal benefit. Right. And I'll say the same thing that I said about the church when I did the video this week. Look, if it comes out that, again, if the fingerprints of Hitler's ghost are on this letter... <laughs> I retract everything, but we got to get out of this cycle culturally where we just look at these things and we accept them uncritically and say, yeah, that's legit. Because if I don't say it's legit, then I'm morally inferior for not accepting the word of a quote unquote oppressed class or a quote unquote victim class. No, I don't even um, think that people think that. I think that they just don't want to be socially shamed for their racism. I don't think that any of these people would even genuinely give a shit if this was real. That's probably true. I mean, I always say if I can, um, if there's one thing I can leave listeners as a t- well, two things I, I, I hope to leave listeners with as takeaways, and it's not even political points. What I hope to, to propagate is a cultural value for free speech so that we don't shame each other for saying things. Again, we talked about Kathy Griffin. Look, we should be able to make fun of people's dumb speech, but I don't want to see people's lives ruined. Like, I'm not going to go yeah. harass Kathy Griffin for what happened. I um, would love to see Kathy Griffin's life ruined. What okay, are you talking so maybe, about? Maybe we dis- <laughs> maybe we I'm not going to do that. anything to ruin her life, yeah. but if, you know, her life was destroyed, I would, you know. All I will say is if laugh. CNN wants to sever with Kathy, Kathy Griffin based on their own decision, that's fine. What I'm not going to do is personally pressure cnn to do it i'm not going to go lobby cnn to do it if they want to do it they can and i'm just going to sit it out but i want to get to the second point which is that you should never feel like a morally inferior person for asking critical questions about anything that's what i hope to inspire if i can inspire anything don't ever let someone feel make you feel morally inferior for asking simply critical questions about anything, including the gospel of social justice. You're not a bad person. You're a critical, inquisitive person. You're a type of person that we need to reach the truth. Mm-hmm. Truth is better than any social justice virtue signaling, okay? Or the stack of priorities, truth is up there. Truth is the highest. This, this moral posturing is not important. You shouldn't be made to feel like a bad person for seeking the truth. That's all I got. So um, we can, uh, unless you had more, unless you had more on the lesbian couple. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm tapped out. 
Okay. Got to get some dinner here. Um, yeah, by the time we play the sticks interview, we're going to have a long show too. I tried I to do less topics, but, and we did do less topics. They just ran long. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm trying to find the last one that I did. Button top beta, Z Lab celebrity. Yeah, I did that one. <laughs> Button top beta. Nice. Good. Um, Two dicks gave us $5 and said, Trump is gassing the transgenders. What the fuck? I love Trump now. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. Um, then we have Gingy Burdicus gave us $5. We losing the cultural war? Should I stock up on ammo for my AR-15 just in case? If Antifa had their way, they would hang moderate liberals like me. Yeah, they probably would. Oh, sure. Liberals get the bullet, too, don't you know? Yeah, don't forget. Um, Bromo 39 gave us $7 and he was talking about the snafu Marine. He's a former from Louisiana. I think snafu Solomon, um, Warhammer news. Few things aren't adding. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for that. And then Mosenrath gave us $10. Um, blamey bloomer need that kind of money to buy the tarps to over here. Lardas. Uh, so they went Amy Schumer blamey bloomer. What about the tarps? Need that kind of money to buy the tarps to overhear lard ass. I'm like half following. <laughs> well, I got about 50% of that, but I got your okay, full donation. Thank you. So thanks, yeah. thank you. Um, Big Red Doggy gave us 10 bucks. Matt and Blonde, here's 10 bucks to buy a Snickers, but none of that Almond Joy shit. Right on. Also, we can talk about that, that on the call in show sometime. Whatever. Yeah. Also, read that the officer was told by his supervisor to arrest the nurse. Bad call, if true. Um, I'm not yeah. sure about that, but if that's true, then that's that's you know. that's what it said in the Blue Lives Matter analysis I saw. But again, I haven't seen substantiation of that. They just say it, but I don't see. Yeah. What the source on that is. Um, Scott Malavi, five dollars. Chick is going to get paid. Thank you very much. Then we have twenty-five bucks from the only Adam Roca. The cop is obviously not on the same page as the detective and shares all of our feelings. Um, I'm in Louisiana and this is frustrating and embarrassing. He definitely needs to be reprimanded, especially since the evidence wouldn't be admissible. He does need to be reprimanded. I I'm interested in hearing what his, I guess um, he was placed. Yeah. I think he was placed on leave, but he hasn't been fired. There was a statement from the police department that they're taking this very seriously and they apologized for it. So I'm not sure what's going to happen to the detective at this point. Um, Captain Strong gave us five bucks. The detective was wrong. He abused his powers and he lost the case and no, the case law is older than that. Thank you for that. Eric gave us 10 bucks. That cop needs to lose his job and go to prison for assault. Those other cops uh, there need to lose their jobs for standing by. The lieutenant who showed up later also needs to lose his job and go to jail. Hmm. Shit. Damn. Um, but I agree with the the main guy losing his job. Yoda Economics gave us five bucks. Matt, my cousin Travin, Travis works at that hospital. If you want to email me wow. a few questions, maybe he can help you. There are not many black people in Utah. Um, D. Sketty gave us $10. I have over 30 years of law enforcement experience, and what this detective did was very inappropriate. He should be fired and charged. He's an embarrassment to our entire profession. Hmm. Um, Scott Malavi gave us I thought maybe there'd be some kind of explanation that I just was not aware of. Was not aware of, It doesn't seem to be popping up. It doesn't seem, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes things are just as they seem. Scott Malavi, $5. If she did draw the blood, that would have been a violation of HIPAA and would have gotten the hospital sued. He's absolutely right about that, and I'm sure she would have lost her job for that. Yeah, I I assume. That's a pretty big transgression. Penalties for the hospital, penalties for her, bad stuff all around. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what she's supposed to do without harming herself by participating in it. Um, Agent Flippy gave us $10. Is that considered assault? The cop has no grounds for arrest, so can you defend yourself against an abusive officer? I mean, he was grabbing her for no justifiable reason. That's a good question. Like self-defense against an unlawful arrest. That's an interesting thing to think about. And she wasn't trying to defend. He was kind of throwing her around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is assault. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah, I, I, I defer to whatever the, the courts are going to say about this. Um, yeah. But it is, it, there's a lot of interesting questions involved. Josh G. Marshall, $5. You get debunked by BuzzFeed, Matt. I'll lose all faith in you and we'll return <laughs> to my rock shelter. Yeah. <laughs> Rat row. Um, Gabriel Lopez gave us 10 bucks. Sticks faggotry is the best kind of faggotry. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, we got sticks coming up shortly here. Yeah, yeah. Stan gave us $5 and said, just for blonde, repeatedly saying faggots. Yeah, I must have said faggot 50 times in this episode. <laughs> That's what they wrote. Not it's my not fault. our fault. Faggotism. Yeah. That's a new one. Yeah. I'm going to incorporate that one in my vocabulary. Yeah. Um, friend of the show, Dan Irish, gave us $5. This letter is what happens when you play COD, Call of Duty. Call of Duty, I got it, on yeah. Xbox Live too much. Yeah, it sounds like a transcript of an Xbox Live uh, lobby. Yeah, it does. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gabriel Lopez gave us another five bucks and said, I'm in love with this faggotism letter. I know. Right? Yeah. I'll link it so you can so you can read it yourself. Save a, save a picture and frame it. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, Josh E. Marshall, five bucks. I don't think the word faggot was used enough. Agreed. Jared <laughs> Paulin, five dollars. I'm sure BuzzFeed will get right on debunking the faggot letter. Right. Yeah, yeah. really. They have they have bigger things to do. Um, Cap strong five dollars. Blonde control stupid people. Hmm. Really control. Um. I meant gently guide. Stupid people <laughs> need more guidance than smart people. I mean, is that a controversial thing to say? <laughs> you guys will have to sort it out. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna sit out this debate. Um. Let's see. I think we got a few more. Let me reload this page really quick. Then we have. Dangerous Spaces gave us five bucks. Hoaxes on campus are a are worse in a way. It's worrying that the people who are supposed to be educating kids are shown to be quite stupid. I agree. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It's, again, it's that question of stupidity versus malice. Which one are yeah. we witnessing? Um, and which one would you rather have? Uh, Decades gave us $10. Blonde, you look amazing tonight. Thank you so much. But I'm already on my second bottle of wine, so maybe I'm just drunk. I should have said thank you first. Um, I'm a huge I, fan of the I show. I retract my thank you like a <laughs> Kathy Griffin apology after that. Yeah. I know. Probably is just looking at Kathy Griffin and thinks it's yeah. me. Oh yeah. It's well, yeah. Awesome. If you want, hey, I can, I can. Um, no, I can't. I don't have the thumbnail ready. I was gonna say I can just put her back up as juxtaposition if you prefer. <laughs> no, that does. But it's, it's like having a fat friend. It really helps. Yeah, out. yeah. Um, and then he said, "I'm a huge fan of the show. Uh, great job having Sticks on. He's one of my favorite YouTubers. Me too. Love having Sticks on. The only Adam Roca gave us five bucks, seeking truth to make up for the lack of white culture. Yeah, really." Um, Scott Malavi, $5. We probably disbelieve right-wing hate hoaxes for one reason. These pansies are too limp-wristed to cause damage. Hmm. Then we have Freshinator, Freshinator 2, $5. Thought your racist banana peels away. Though oh, your racist yeah. banana peels away. Throw? I did guess you see that story this week? I'll have to be quick. But yeah, there yes, was a racist. The one that there, was, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, banana peel found on campus thought to be a symbol of racism because I guess black people and apes or something was the connection. I don't know something like that, but really somebody just couldn't find a trash can as is totally predictable. When you see banana people, I would, yeah. I would never see one and be like, Oh, that's a racist. I don't even think it counts as litter. It's biodegradable. <laughs> you can't, it doesn't count as anything. Boy. And then last one for tonight, the only Adam Roca gave us five bucks tech. You can't resist. You can't resist arrest. Technically you can't resist arrest. Even if it's unlawful, that's what civil lawsuits are for. We're going to have to dig into this, but that looked real bad to me. I can't imagine that there's any kind mm -hmm. of um, justification, but thank you so much all for your super chats tonight. I really, yeah, of course. It. So, um, so and we teased it just real quick mention you're going on vacation this week. I am. So, so roaming millennial will be sitting in your co-host spot on Sunday. So it'll be me and roaming on Sunday. Uh, in the meantime on the call-in show. So the next two call-in shows, it'll be me and biggest Mikey 
uh, filling in. So um, we'll have a little bit of a blonde hiatus, but the show will go on. I didn't even get to make any jokes about the forthcoming terrorist attack in Paris. Maybe now's the time. Look, it's been great. I've loved doing the show with you. I'm really sorry about the upcoming terrorist attack that's going to claim your life in Paris. And last time I was in Paris, I like narrowly escaped the Bataclan. It was like two days before or something like that that I left. I was staying in that district. It's like, oh my God, I'm just worried that terrorist attacks are following me. Or maybe I'm just going to Europe too much. Yeah. Well, it's so, um, and I know, and I would encourage you, and I know that your guy is going to say the same thing. In fact, he'll probably force you to stay off of your phone and off the internet and all that stuff. But, you know, pictures, like what's going on, videos, all that kind of stuff. I know people. Can you imagine me walking around Paris and seeing this Muslim invasion and keeping my mouth shut? Like, I just. That's true. I, Save them on your phone. To. We'll review them privately when you get back and we can decide. He's going to be share. going to the bathroom. I'm going to be angry tweeting. I'm like, yeah. What were you doing? Just taking pictures of the scenery. I mean, all yeah. these muscle people. <laughs> all right. So, um, so yeah, but I, you know, I'd be interested to, obviously I'm interested to hear what it's like when you get back, but any, any video or photo stuff you have will be great too. And I'm um, looking forward to having Mikey and roaming fill in. While you're gone, I'll shut up and get to the Sticks interview because, my God, somehow we ended up with almost a two-hour show before the Sticks interview. So we'll play that here after the um, the intermission. We do say thank you, as always, to our live viewers and live chatters uh, and our super chatters, of course, shitposting away, keeping us honest as well when the facts elude us, uh, keeping us on the straight and narrow, making sure we get everything as correct as possible. We appreciate you guys and your support for the show. If you're listening on YouTube or on an audio platform later, we appreciate you as well. Thank you kindly. There's more material, extra bits of the show on the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, all that. You can listen back if you prefer to listen. They're all linked in the description conveniently for you. And you can email us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. We will be back next Sunday with Roaming Millennial because if it is Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not me at the press. It is Beauty and the Beta. Sticks Hex and Hammer 666 coming up after the intermission here. Appreciate Sticks coming back to the show, and I hope the redemption interview is pleasing <laughs> for all of you. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Bye, guys. This is our redemption episode because I think that our interview with Sticks was a total bomb last time. And so I'm like, come back on the show. We changed our format. Let's have a little 20 minute chat. We can tag in at the end of the show. Um, so we're here with Sticks Axe and Hammer. Uh, we're happy to have you. Thank you for joining us. Oh, I'm really glad to be here. Um, last time we talked a little bit about your political evolution, but I wanted to get into that a little bit more since I saw this video that you did where you talk about um, being a staunch libertarian, but you have some exceptions and you're kind of losing faith in people because everybody's propagandized. And I'm going through something similar. I always was a libertarian. And recently I've been like, wow, I can't trust people on an individual level because everybody seems to be heavily indoctrinated. And so I'm trying to 
kind of find a balance between collectivism and individualism. I think I really underestimated the value of collectivism before. So how do you rectify those things? See, I would say I'm 100% individualist. It's like, I believe that good ideas win out over time. It's just in that interim period, it's really, really shitty to have to deal with people who are totally dumb. And there are a lot of them. They tend to outnumber the intelligent in any given era. But, but then at the end of each paradigm, eventually the good ideas defeat the old sort of bad ideas. This happens in tech and, and everything else. And then it's really good for a while until sort of the next generation takes hold and then things fall apart again. So I'm optimistic long term. It's just it's, it's a continuous sort of struggle throughout all of time. And I think some people do beg to be commanded. They beg to be slaves because they don't know any other way. But I think part of it, though, is just propaganda from the media and from the government, not really through any fault of their own. They were they were never told, you know, you should think critically. You should think about things for yourself. They were told, no, here's how you memorize something. Here's how right, you do right. X, Y, and Z. Go off and be a good workaday slave. Just get your degree and you'll be fine. I think for my generation, certainly it didn't really work out that way. You know, for, for, for those of us in our age range, yeah. we were sort of lied to uh, because we were born up in, in the uh, mid-90s. Everything was going well. Oh, just get a college degree and you're set for life. You can get 40, 50K right off the bat. Definitely right. have a job, you know, if, even if you're, you know, just barely above average. And that never came true. And I think that's really, uh, it's destroying the reality that a lot of people have in the world today. Yeah, I definitely agree. So how much collectivism do you think is healthy within uh, a stable society? Just enough to maintain the rudiments of order. See, the way I see government is a scaffold upon which private uh, development takes place, whether it's business or individual. You know, you've got your entrepreneurs and then you've got your more established like brick and mortar businesses. What instead we have is a really, really big strangulating government that's really, really overbearing. And, and in some ways it's okay. Like you need to have a military, otherwise you probably get screwed. You need to have, certainly medicine is probably the biggest one of all at this point because the world's population density is so high. But when it goes beyond that, when it goes beyond its proper boundaries, it just becomes abusive because the, the idea of a military is keep other states from abusing you. So then what good is it to have a government that abuses you what good is having a military? Like you're already being abused. You're worried about somebody else doing it. Your own government, I think, is doing it you know, even more. That's definitely true, too. Um, as far as what YouTubers can do, I mean, we're seeing this huge shift. And I, my greatest desire is to dismantle the mainstream media. But I'm seeing, because um, I think that this would definitely help the political situation. I think that there would be less political violence. Um, but I do feel like our positions are being drastically weakened. Uh, what do you think that the average person can do to fight against this? What do you think that YouTubers should be doing? I know we, we talked a little bit offline about um, moving to BitChute and some other things. Mm -hmm. um, but with all these limited states and everything like that, what are, what, what are you going to do? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to diversify my presence. I've moved. I put videos now on VidMe. Everything that's uploaded on YouTube is also there. BitChute, I'm backing up the old occult content. Once that's done, I can migrate everything else there. But they have automatic uploading, which is like yeah, the greatest, yeah. It's like the greatest thing ever. Uh, all you got to do is contact them, and they say, "Well, okay, you're a content creator. We'll automatically migrate your new uploads. You don't even have to do anything. It'll do it for you." Uh, Minds is good. Gab is good. 
Patreon is good for, you know, crowdfunding. You've been kicked off Patreon or whatever. What but about VidMe? I've heard a lot of mixed things about VidMe. I, I like VidMe. I don't have a problem with them. I just, the only thing that they've done that I don't like is that they hide the politics sort of and news material from trending. But yeah. that's not, it's not really an impedance per se, but that I might be biased here because I'm one of the, the major users there. Like I think I'm right behind Computing Forever and he's not far behind VidMe's own personal channel. Hmm. Uh, but they suppress it from trending, but they don't censor it in the sense of, well, we're going to put it in limited state. We're going to kick it right. off the platform. Okay. Yeah, I've heard everyone say that VidMe has a similar hate speech policy to YouTube, but apparently it's not enforced through the same mechanisms then. No, yeah, yeah, it's it's basically the same. But the thing is, on YouTube, you could always be banned for saying something that's really, really offensive and out there. It's just now they've extended it to stuff that's just kind of sort of offensive. <laughs> yeah, and somebody yeah. decides to get offended. Uh, before it was kind of cut and dry. Now it's more ambiguous. That's the real problem. VidMe, as far as I know, doesn't do that. Hmm. What do you think the future of YouTube is? I think it'll be fine if they reverse course, but the problem is people have to, the, the big thing that people can do on YouTube or anywhere else is to pressure Google. The way to do that is stop using Google's other services that actually make the money. Google search, you can use Bing, you can use Yandex, you can use Startpage, you can use DuckDuckGo, there's a million of them. Uh, Gmail, well, there's ProtonMail, it's end-to-end -end encrypted, it's better anyway. Uh, there are also, you know, you could use Yahoo if you wanted to. I know it's kind of fallen out of fashion. Um, and there are other, like even Blogspot, uh, I've started using a WordPress as well alongside it just because I'm worried that at, you know, any given point, I could randomly be banned from YouTube. They're not going to probably justify me with an answer as to why, because they're kicking off other major users regularly yeah. now. So yeah, why would yeah. I take the risk? That's my income. So. Well, their rollout has been confusing. Like two of, we talked about this offline too, but um, two of Black Pigeon Speaks videos were put in a limited state, but they're some of his earliest videos. And so I, you think that it's because of the titles, right? I, my thought is that it's the number of people who have flagged something plus just the title. Like the, per, the actual uh -huh. person, I think the AI marks it for maybe this goes in limited state or, or 18 plus or whatever. And then a person has to go through and decide that. If something's not flagged, it never, I think, goes through the AI to begin with. But his, I mean, the titles were edgy. And so I can yeah. kind of understand why the AI would flag it. But it's like, at least watch the video before you do that. But, but in you, that um, blog post that YouTube put out, they said, um, what did they say about putting it in a limited state? Uh, never mind. It was for extremist content and terrorist recruitment and stuff like that. I think that I, they I, also I, said that the they... Yeah is recruiting terrorism so their algorithm was able to detect things before uh humans flagged it and so yeah. i wasn't when i read that i was under the impression yeah. that they were going to um just like let this unleash this, this algorithm without any kind of human intervention until after the fact so yeah. i'm surprised to hear you say that it was because they had been flagged i i'm i'm pretty sure that for any major user there's a human review like like i know that uh, YouTube partners, people with a certain number of subscribers or that represent a certain brand that's popular, whether or not it's at that threshold. I know they can talk directly to YouTube. They get they get their own manager, like a group manager for larger channels and stuff. I can't imagine that YouTube is not putting it through human review. Yeah. Have they given a reason why they think comments and ratings are helpful to a limited state video? Like to me, if I look at Jared Taylor or Black Pigeon Speaks, I think of controversial content 
that is presented fairly, but that could be rebutted in an intelligent way too. And I think the comments section is obviously a great place for that sort of thing to happen as you watch it happen all the time. Why, why is it that they seem to think that the comments aid the content of the video? They can easily do damage to the content of the video. I don't really yeah, get that. I, I guess their idea is to try to stop it from spreading, but this is, then that's the worst thing you could possibly do. Yeah. I think I think what YouTube YouTube might even in, in a thousand years we might even imagine a weird realm where YouTube is trolling all the left wing NGOs that they're working with by by doing this and saying, okay, don't worry, we'll we'll put the 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 content in limited state yeah. and nobody can interact with it, so nobody will see it. And then YouTube, in the meanwhile, is sitting back and chuckling to itself, and all the NGOs are like, oh, shit, now it's getting 10 times as many views. This is a Reddit page now just yeah. for limited state videos. Yeah. Oh, really? And you could, if you, <laughs> and myself, it's got, like, BPS, it's got Amrin, it's got all these other things. Like, somebody's going to build a platform to collate all this stuff. Yeah, and if you, we were looking at this on Sunday, if you go, one of the few things you can do on Jared Taylor's video is look at the stats, and you can look at them daily. And the video has something like 300,000 views over time, generally, like, a few hundred a day. YouTube puts it under this, uh, under yeah. this restriction, so please don't look at this no matter what. All of a sudden, it's got a spike of 18,000 views in a day. <laughs> yeah. Good job. And, and that's not even, like, number one was the race the race and IQ video. I can't even imagine how many hundreds of thousands of views that got. Yeah. It almost makes me it almost makes me hope that YouTube puts a couple of my videos in limited stage <laughs> yeah. so I get more views. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's a yeah, well, I don't know going. what they thought yeah. they were doing. I mean, this obviously is going to drive traffic to people's pages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah demonetization was... Demonetization was the real way they were screwing people who were more out there. Yeah. But then they were, screw they were screwing regular people too. But I mean, you know, because everyone was equally screwed, it's like a lot of people were like, well, why even bother using the service, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just made a video about Google. And before I made the video, I was like, I don't think we should regulate this as a public utility. I don't trust the federal government. I don't have a lot of faith that long term they can make the situation better. When I was done doing all the research, I'm like, oh my God, we're going to have to do that. That's definitely going to have to happen. What do you think about that? I've heard some, uh, not conflicting things, but I've heard you entertain both sides of this. I think it, I, if it becomes necessary, it's the most regrettable thing in the history of mankind because it'll destroy the internet. Uh, what I would prefer is that a constitutional amendment be passed or or Congress should declare Google as a de facto public work without further regulation and just open it up to judicial scrutiny by saying, okay, the first and fourth amendments in essence, apply to right. Google or any other any other main service that provides communication, like email and stuff. You have the right to privacy; you can speak freely, uh, and and there are reasonable limits on that. But we've way surpassed them at this point. That's what I would prefer. If we do put them in as a true public work and begin regulating them, government will do to the internet what it did to radio. Eventually, a privatized satellite-only internet will have to be constructed. That'll be a you'll you'll subscribe to it. It'll be like just like Sirius. And there'll be billions and billions of dollars to be made. And if it does happen, trust me, the first company that makes a serious attempt to privatize, make a, a satellite internet, I'll be investing every penny I've gotten it because it'll <laughs> come off. Yeah. I mean, it's disheartening, though, because I do feel like Google's an evil company and like they need to be stopped. <laughs> you know, See, after this research, I was like, wow, I guess I didn't realize <laughs> the depth of this, but. See, I always thought Google was was better than the alt. Like Zuckerberg, we all know he's crazy, and Twitter, <laughs> we we know that they're evil because yeah. they clear they clearly are in their actions and words. We know that they're just way out there. Google takes a backseat. They they try to calm things down, and I think this is their idea of a compromise. 
between banning offensive material and and letting it stay there fully, but they somehow managed to make it worse. It's worse than if they just banned it off the platform entirely. I yeah, know. I mean, what bugs me so much about this is I understand it as a big effort to try to get the advertisers to come back. Please, advertisers, come back to us. But that's, yeah, that's not how it works. Like, you need to have the biggest and best platform where everybody goes anyway. And you say to the advertisers, look, here's the crowd. You want the ad or not? Get lost right. if you don't. You can't yeah. beg all these giant corporations to come back and give you money. You have to create something that they must give money to get an audience, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What, what I said is that they should split it up between ads just for tame stuff and ads that can go on edgier stuff. Because some companies want the some companies want the edgy content. Yeah. You know, like Red Bull Red Bull probably doesn't care if it's all PG or or you know some some smoke shop brand or something. They don't care if it's PG. They want yeah. it to probably only target ads to the edgy well, stuff. Do you think that's maybe what they've done with this limited state? Because that's how I understand it. And pretty much everything I upload is in this limited state by default, limited or no ads. And that's sort of the way I've thought about well, it is, okay. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. So, okay, there must be some set of boxes that the advertisers can check about. I'll, I'll put it on this, but not that in terms of themes or content. And I don't have a problem with um, with giving the advertisers more choices in terms of what they want to advertise on. None of us are entitled to their ads. I would just like some sort of clarity and transparency about what the rules are and what I can expect, but yeah. we'll never get that. Right, and we were talking about this before too, but we can't even reform our behavior because we literally have no idea what it is that we're saying that's getting us demonetized. So that gives us an incentive to say whatever the fuck we want <laughs> because <laughs> no. we're gonna be demonetized no matter what. And we can't be the only people like this. Like they're creating edgier content by putting us in this box where no matter what we say, we're never mm. gonna get ads run on our show. Yeah, and and for people that never monetized, it's like you know business is normal other than this weird limited state stuff. Like oh, yeah, I, was, I, that was your I, approach, right? You never monetized? Is that what you said previously? I, I, I spurned ad revenue because I uh, said I didn't want people to have to watch ads because I use ad blocking software, so I don't want to hmm. be a hypocrite, I guess. Yeah. But I, mean, I don't, if other people want to use it, it's like, yeah, okay, you get like millions of views a day. Maybe it makes sense. You got more tame content. Hmm. But I could also foresee when it would become a problem because I'm like, well, all these other tech firms are starting to censor stuff. Even years ago, Facebook was doing that. Twitter's doing it since, you know, day one, basically. At what point is Google going to be pressured? And I, I figured they would last longer because they're so much bigger. And, you know, YouTube never operated at a profit. So they obviously don't really care that much about it. But they're not going to get any advertisers back on board. It's yeah. never going to. I don't even know that Google is smart enough to understand this. Yeah, or really what YouTube is about. Everybody went to YouTube um, because they wanted to see that kind of raw people filming yeah. in their, their bedroom footage. And that's what YouTube is about. It's about, you know, the content creator. And when you put, um, like, I think the only things that they're really running with ads now, it's just mainstream media. It's like, you guys just want to turn this into television, but that is antithetical to the entire purpose of YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah, they, they can get ads. Even, like, bodybuilding channels and makeup channels don't have ads anymore. And they don't have oh, really? Yeah, ASMR videos are demonetized. Basically, even the cleanest content, no swear words, very G-rated, something that nobody cares about, uh, even that's demonetized. Yeah, which it's defeats the whole purpose the of buying I've, an ad. I've seen right. so many. I've seen so many totally mundane channels that I subscribe to complaining about demonetization. It's mm -hmm. not just the political people need to understand. 
you, you Google is going to cast this off as well. It's just like the edgiest political stuff that's getting demonetized or put in limited state. No, it's not. It's no, really, I heard Jenna Marbles complaining about it. A few weeks 90, ago. Like, yeah, 90% of the God. content doesn't have anything to do with politics or society. There's no intelligent commentary. It's something that a second grader could watch. Yeah. And imagine all the revenue Jenna Marbles, people like her, have generated for Google and YouTube over the years, yeah. and they just get thrown under the bus. That's just such a damn shame. But isn't that frustrating? Yeah, yeah. You, you touched on that, Blonde. It's like any product, not just Google or YouTube, when they don't seem to understand what makes their product successful, well, they don't seem to understand why people consume their product and so they go away from it. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah. People go to YouTube so that they can avoid the mainstream media because they want another perspective. And now they're going to turn it into the mainstream media. It's so yeah. retarded. I, it's like yeah. they don't understand their business model at all. But they do operate at a loss, you say? So what's the incentive oh, yeah. for them to even... Million a year of loss. I mean, it's mm -hmm. insane. But I think the reason they maintain it first is for status because it's YouTube. And they say, well, we've got the biggest, baddest video hosting site, the biggest, baddest website in all of history. I think it's number two after Google itself anyway. Like that, mm -hmm. just that part of Google is number two. It's insane. But the other part is because they've got YouTube uh, as part of the Google brand, I think it helps them make money on other platforms. Like Gmail runs uh, uh, yeah. Blogspot runs it. All all of these other things run a profit, and because they're combined with YouTube, with through G Plus and everything, I think they make money anyway. Because mm -hmm. if somebody else had the main video platform, then they'd they'd be robbed of some of their revenue because all those businesses wouldn't be using it. But this is still a huge missed opportunity for an incredible amount of revenue. They could be running ads on all of this shit. Like I I just don't believe that the average advertiser really really does care. And I think the average person knows that the advertisement. It's not like they choose what they run it on. Do people really think that the advertiser has something to do with the content? I can understand why some advertisers would think that way because they're really sensitive and you know family-friendly products. But uh, some of them, it's it's like a laundry list of corporate firms that would gladly you know foreclose on you on Christmas Eve or something like that. <laughs> it, it's not exactly like they've got the best image <laughs> anyway. So why would they care? I can understand that too. Yeah. Um, so before we go, I wanted to get into Antifa a little bit. We were talking about this before, but um, we saw earlier in the week Washington Post and local news, MSNBC, Morning Joe and Slate kind of turn on Antifa and say Antifa was at Berkeley. They were attacking these peaceful conservative protesters. And I was shocked when I saw this because I really thought after all that Antifa has done, that the media was going to you know, go down with the ship on this one. It really seemed like they were going to. So what do you think caused this mainstream media shift? Why do you think they're doing this? Well, maybe they realize that Antifa is going to get their shit kicked in when people get a little too pissed off. But uh, when I first saw the Washington Post account, I saw it post on 4chan. I'm like, this must be, it's either trolling or somebody <laughs> typed it wrong and I'm misunderstanding it. They were actually applauding Antifa. I go to the article, I'm like, oh, wow, they actually are turning on them or something. Yeah, it was almost unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it was like some intern got into this article before they published <laughs> it. Yeah. <clears throat> part, part of it, though, it might be just a deflection because... They really like Antifa and the really far left, but but they know that it's becoming becoming toxic because people are starting to get pissed off because because uh, you got like two conservatives protesting or rallying, and Antifa shows up by the hundreds to throw piss bottles at the police. Most people, I think, understand who the aggressor is in the situation. It's but not. But they had that narrative really yeah. solidified, especially after Charlottesville, and so I thought they yeah, were going to ride that wave. They keep comparing it to Charlottesville, but people yeah. will slowly forget about that. And they'll say, yeah, well, you know, higher dying is bad and, and people went nuts there. But this isn't Charlottesville, I think. They'll the most, see that there's no fashy sorry. haircut people around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, was, uh, I was 
looking through that Washington Post article. And of course I read through it, but I'm not going to miss the comments on such a, such a thing. And the best <laughs> comment, again, it's one individual out there in internet land, but I like to see what people are thinking about this because I think you see a lot of people on the left saying, okay, we do have to be honest about this craziness. This is not good. Let's call it out. There was one person who said, well, if you look at them and you think about it, they are self-described anarchists. And really, that's as far right as you can possibly get. So really, this is still a right-wing problem. This Who was Antifa it? Was it Keith thing. Oberman? No, it might have been. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know that his Rachel senses Maddow. are still... Yeah. <laughs> Keith Olbermann has fallen off even more lately. Oh, do last... you see that tweet? It's like, Nazi, Nazi, fuck, fuck Trump, yeah. fuck that Nazi. I He's... thought it was fake. <laughs> he must be on drugs at this point. I, I mean, think I think it's, he's just Trump derangement syndrome. Miserable life. Hmm. Yeah, he's really flying off the handle. Did Everybody you see he he has a a form response now that he posts on Twitter to people who defend Trump? It's like this block <laughs> of text that says, "I see you have defended Trump and are therefore to be dismissed as an insane person." And it's this block <laughs> of text that he sends to them, and it's my mission to get that sent to me from him. But uh, but it hasn't happened oh, yet. Weirdo. So yeah. so he's got like copy paste. I sh I should no, troll. It's like an image. It's like a screenshot of text. If you look through some of his replies, you'll find it. Um, but yeah, he has this form letter that he'll send you, basically. I don't no, know how need, frequently. We need a provoke Olbermann hashtag or something. <laughs> I know, right? This is another yeah. thing that happens when old people get in, you know, get in front of Twitter and stuff. Like, yeah. So Trump does this too, but sometimes when I'm seeing him tweet or Keith Oberman or some of these older people, I'm like, this is like what my dad would do if he had a Twitter account. Just typos, incoherent speech. <laughs> yeah. At well, least Trump isn't self-righteous though. He honestly I think, enjoys it, but Keith Oberman, he's, he's going to have a stroke at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, it honestly would not surprise me to watch him die <laughs> on the air of his YouTube show or whatever this thing <laughs> is that he has. It's, it's so, that's part of the problem with him is everything is the new worst thing ever. There's never any perspective. There's never any, well, let's consider this in the context of that or anything else. It's always worst thing ever, going to be impeached, worst president ever, terrible, terrible, terrible. That's did you see he, the nature of the mainstream media, though. Everybody's did, been doing that. The worst thing he did, sorry to derail this with Keith Olbermann stuff. We'll move on after this. <laughs> after this but um, the worst thing he did, Betsy DeVos tweets out, you know, thinking of people in Houston uh, during this terrible time. And Keith Olbermann replies to her, well, Houston, or uh, well, uh, the hurricane will do way less damage to schools than you do, motherfucker. <laughs> okay. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. See, that's actually that's funny. Crazy. At least it's actually funny, though. That's true. I guess. <laughs> oh, boy. Just thinking of him being incoherent and angry, like literally sitting there, he's, he's on the toilet taking a whiz, <laughs> and he's angrily on his phone. He's got sweat beating up on his forehead. God damn it. I like how in your hypothetical, he, he's sitting down. Oh, for sure. Oh, it must be great. It, it, must, it really must suck to live your life that controlled by hatred of somebody, though, where every minute is oh. just controlled by uh, someone else. The cliche is, you know, Trump lives in his head rent-free, I suppose, but it's just got to suck. I don't know. Probably gives and them then, this. These people feel like they are doing something good for humanity. And then these people c turn around and call other people hateful. Like, yeah. like they assume they assume like we're we're white, so we must like we pathologically hate minorities, and it's all we yeah. ever talk about. I mean, <laughs> he pathologically hates everybody around him, yeah. and it's all he hates about. So it's yeah. good. Um, do you want to talk more about Antifa? I had a couple questions. If, if yeah, go nuts. Sure. Um, well. 
I've, I've watched a few of your videos talking about North Korea, and I am admittedly a woefully uninformed rube on North Korea. And what was interesting to me about some of your takes on North Korea is, as you described, you're kind of like a, a libertarian pro-liberty guy, but it seems like you're a little bit more, I don't want to mischaracterize you, but a little bit more hawkish on North Korea than some other people I've heard. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts about uh, North Korea generally. Like I saw their they shot a missile over Japanese airspace this yeah. week and other stuff. Yeah, but yeah. You seem in, very in, confident that Kim Jong-un is posturing. Like, I, I take a lot of weight in the things that he says, but I watched your video and you're like, eh, he does this shit all the time. I was like, wow, yeah. maybe I should reevaluate. North, North Korea has done worse. Like, they've fired off artillery at populated areas in South Korea on multiple occasions and killed people, like, by the mm -hmm. dozens. But that's the point. I believe in the NAP, and, and my point is... Some people act like the NAP hasn't been violated. Like, like if I threaten to kill somebody, I'm, I'm at least going to get questioned on that, I, if, mm -hmm. if not hauled in and thrown into a jail cell. Kim Jong-un threatens credibly to destroy his neighbors regularly. They're our allies. He threatens to destroy us. That's not as credible. But, I mean, he literally fires missiles that could malfunction and crash in a populated area over Japan. And people act like it's not a problem, like this is normal behavior for a state. I don't think he's insane, but the posturing could lead to a war anyway. Hmm. And eventually yeah. we have no choice but to destroy him because he will attack the South Koreans. We're, we're bound by alliance to defend them once they are attacked. And I think it's a question of uh, when, not if. Hmm. Would you agree with Bannon that there's no real solution to the North Korea issue? I, I would disagree with Bannon. I think there's a very clear solution. I think I think we need to launch a preemptive and uh, uh, covert attack as quickly as possible. Kill Kim Jong Un, take out his generals, and pound and pound the northern side of the DMZ with every weapon we've got in our arsenal, short of nuclear weapons. If we deploy nukes, then we look we look terrible because then China will get involved. They'd have a reason right. to do so. If we don't, if we show enough restraint not to, we can completely flatten his military in a week. Seoul would be saved. We, we, my, my idea is we would have South Korean soldiers dressed as civilians milling around in Seoul while everyone else secretly evacuates in the middle of the night, at mm. least in northern parts of the city. That way, he wouldn't suspect an attack is coming unless he has like a mole inside or something like that. And then if Seoul gets flattened, it's just buildings mm. and people who would have died in combat anyway. And the South Koreans have to take, take the four. We can't march in there. Because they've been told, hey, if the Americans show up, they're going to kill everybody in here. So you better take up arms. But they've never been told that about the South Koreans. They're just told that they're their confused southern brothers. So, hmm. Well, there true. you go, Mr. President. Uh, Gorka on the way out, <laughs> pull sticks in, and then he will sort all these problems out for you. Which is my transition to my next question. Because I was also watching you talk about Gorka. And uh, you were also talking about Arpaio in that video. But you... To me, like you were talking about uh, Gorka leaving the administration and some of the other departures, the Mooch, Bannon, the rest of them. I'm still somebody who looks at these things and sees signs of chaos and disorganization. But I listen to you and you're, I don't know if it's mischaracterizing to say you're more on the 4D chess team or the, the team that suggests that there is a rhyme to this reason. And I thought it was your case was pretty interesting. So if you can make the case for this not being chaos, but rather genius uh, manipulation, I suppose. <laughs> Negotiation tactic is maybe a better yeah. way to put it. It's like why Trump hasn't talked about the Mueller investigation lately. Don't interrupt your enemy when they're making a mistake. 
Uh, Trump spent decades building up billions of dollars worth of business, very organized, very professional. He could not have done that if he were actually given over to managing things in a chaotic manner. It wouldn't be possible. Hmm. Um, therefore, what I think is that this is part of his strategy. Make your initial cabinet look totally crazy to the establishment. They're like, oh, shit. Then you start canning the, the most nutty of those people who, you know, their real views are probably more tame anyway. You fire a few of them and say, okay, come on. I've, I've evened out a little bit here. You know, I'm work, you know, I'm learning on the job. Give me a couple of the things that I want. Give me the basis of the wall and some maybe some mild tax reform or some deportations. And we'll negotiate. Maybe I'll, you know, fire somebody else. And I think that's what he's doing. He's slowly getting rid of those staff and he's gaining behind the doors. We're, we won't know about this for, you know, years to come. He's gaining concessions from the Republicans specifically uh, because they're who he has to work with. He wants, mm. he doesn't care about the Democrats. They can't stop him anyway. Do you think that Betsy DeVos is still on the chopping block? Probably, uh, along with along with others. Anyone in his administration who doesn't seem to act totally normal all the time, Tillerson might be on there, uh, is potentially the next one to go. It's harder to tell, though. Like, Bannon was a no-brainer, and Gorka was kind of the standout after Bannon, so that's why I predicted that Gorka would be next. Uh, after that, though, there are three or four different people that sort of fulfill the same role, so... It's harder to yeah. tell. Well, Bannon, I know that he said he was only going to be there for six to eight months, but um, when he was fired, I thought it was certainly because of that interview that he did with a leftist publication that escapes me now, where he said that there's no solution for the North Korea problem. And I was like, that has to be it, right? And then I watched your video and you were like, oh, no, I, I expected this the whole time. Yeah, that's uh, I, I didn't predict that he would give such an interview, but it fits it fits what I've predicted which is that it was on purpose. He was going to leave anyway. So he feeds some bull crap to the media that he knows is going to get leaked. Like yeah. Bannon's, Bannon, Bannon may be many things. He may look a little odd. Maybe he sounds a little odd, but he's not right. dumb. He's yeah, and dumb. he worked for a, media, a major mainstream media outlet. I mean, he knows when yeah. things are going to be public. He's not an yeah. idiot. Yeah. And isn't that it's, interesting it's that it's a... Isn't it... Sorry. It, it's interesting that it's a pattern that... Um, that keeps happening. Like the Mooch did that whole crazy half hour interview with Chris Cuomo that we were looking at. Gorka, it's, to your point on Gorka, it seems to me that his only job was to go on CNN and just be confrontational and rip them in kind of spectacular <laughs> yeah. fashion. That was his sole job duty. And then we've seen it with Bannon too. So to the point you're describing, there is a clear pattern in the way these things develop. It's hard yeah, to deny it's that. It's on purpose. It's, it's part of his negotiating strategy, I think. I think what he wants is make himself look crazy and then make a big ask. Well, I will build the wall. Mexico will pay for it. I mm. will deport every criminal. I will destroy North Korea. I will do, you know, and half a dozen other things. He's not going to get them all. And he doesn't want to get them all. He just wants to get two or three of them done with halfway decency. Uh, but in order to do that, he has to start getting rid of all the, the nutty people, so-called, on his cabinet. I don't think they're nuts at all. I think they're perfectly sane. Hmm. All right. Well, we asked for a half hour and we are over time, so we should probably call it there, I suppose. But uh, we do appreciate you taking the time for our show, man. Uh, it was a good time. It goes quick. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that is our guest, Sticks Hexenhammer 666. Find the links uh, to his channel, to his Twitter, to any social media of his. Link me your social media, Sticks. I'll put it in the description for you. And people okay. can give you a, uh, a follow or a subscribe wherever uh, you might like to send them. So um, appreciate it, man. And I hope, uh, I hope you'll be back sometime in the near future. Absolutely. Thanks. Have Bye, a good guys. night, everybody. Bye. Bye.